Remember what I told you. If you ever feel lost, just look into the eyes of the podcast that loves you. It's Harmless Phosphorescence. Come, gather round, and listen to the legend of the Space Viking, a.k.a. the God of Thunder, a.k.a. your host, Thoreau Smiley. Who's joining me this week? Hi, it's time for another classic Josh CC adventure. Look at me gobbling up all your fruit. I'm Brian Lesh. Usually I'm Alaric Weber, but today, I too am a Space Viking, and my chosen weapon is this plush lightning bunny. And this is... I just remembered the tag from last... I hate my brain. It was... Some people call me the Space Dolphin. (laughs) Armless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, and we tell you all about it. This has been a big week for me personally for uh, space space uh, sea life. I don't know if any you guys watched the Mandalorian. We had space oh, yeah, pergles. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, I haven't yet. Oh yeah. There's which were introduced in Rebels, but um, yeah. So this show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beck with an Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron too? Go over to Patreon.com/slash Harmless Entertainment. We got lots of bonus content there. We've got Star Wars shows and holiday shows. We've got some music shows, um, and we have our monthly movie episodes. Uh, last month we did BMX Bandits. <laughs> uh, this month, in honor of St. Patty's Day, instead of uh, we're, we're, we we were gonna do Jack and Jill. That's getting pushed back a little. We're doing a holiday one this month. We're doing the Leprechaun. The Leprechaun. That's right. Leprechaun. Uh, and so that will be coming out this month. A buck a month is all you need, guys. One dollar per month. That's. I mean, our monthly movies are great, guys. They really are fun. We've done some doozies. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's, I don't know. I don't know how many now. There's dozens and dozens of them now at this point out there. So a buck a month, you get all of those. And a new one every month. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Thor, Love, and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space viking. Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? (laughs) You're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. 
is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. It's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. The other gods have killed. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. And take off your disguise. And flick! Oh! You flick too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? And eventually, great. Thor, Love and Thunder. It was released on July 8, 2022. It has a running time of 119 minutes. It cost $250 million and it made $761 million. So it, it, it got into profitability, but it wasn't like a runaway hit by Marvel standards. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, it, yeah, it was less than a year ago. We we remember how that it was it was it was met with. I don't want to say lukewarm responses by critics, but um, medium medium responses. I feel like medium is a good word to describe the few problems that the movie has. I don't think it has a lot, but I th- I think it's medium. I think there are times when the director was at about medium interest and. <laughs> The story is about medium. You know, the stakes seem high, but it's very boom, boom, boom. It is. Yeah, I, I think know. so. I think some of that. I mean, um, Feige basically said we needed to come in under two hours, and so there's I there's yeah. absolutely a ton of stuff that's on the cutting room floor. Gore himself probably um, fell to to that more than anything in the film. Well, and there's yeah, there's a ton of sequences with uh, Jane Foster also. Yeah, there was a bunch more Jane Foster that I mean, and uh, Jeff Goldblum, Peter Dinklage, and uh, Lita Hetty all got cut out of the movie completely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, and the the I, the lack of misadventures before the standoff. You know, usually there are some. Definitely Some scrapes before then. This was like he's in the shadow realm. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. That yeah, no, which is fine. Absolutely right. That that second act, like fun and games, like we're going here, we're going there. It's all crazy. Like didn't really happen. It was like we, we are going here. We got that. We're done now. Where it's over. Yeah, no, it's over. Absolutely. Um. So, like I said, you know, seven sixty one, respectable. It's Marvel movies. Like if it had made any less, they probably would have been disappointed. And I think it's time we play the box office top 10 game. This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week of uh, July 8th, 2022. <laughs> that that ain't distant, distant, shining, golden shore. <laughs> that city on the hill in which we once lived. <laughs> of last summer. Uh, um, 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, number ten uh, was on our list previously. Everything, everywhere, all at once is still hanging out in the top ten, and has been for like four months. Um, it uh, that that movie ended up making like what it made made over a hundred million dollars and cost like four million if that doesn't win a couple like higher level oscars if it does i might have a little bit of respect for the academy again this year so this year i have i've watched nine out of the ten best picture nominees um yeah there's ten there's ten of those motherfuckers um I watched nine of them, um, and that's absolutely my like top of the list. That's that's the one that I think it was the best movie of the year, personally. Mm. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, even I mean, there's a ton of movies I saw that I think were better than many of the ones on the top on the ten nominees too. So yeah, that's yeah. a whole another conversation. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, everything, everywhere, all at once, absolutely deserves it. At number nine at the box office, a young woman courts a mysterious wealthy suitor in 19th century England. That could be any movie ever. Yeah, like yes. Let's see. Anything uh, Austin starring? Wow, a bunch of people I have never heard of. Prince. A. Uh, most of yeah they could all be British who knows yeah I have I have no idea this is the first time I've ever heard of this movie they are in costumes it does seem to be uh, cast uh, with a, a blind racial eye um, it is certainly not oh is it accurate to to uh, upper crust British society of the 19th century <laughs> Right. Is it that remake of David Copperfield? No, no, no. It's this is something I've never heard of. There was an Indian dude that played David Copperfield. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, This is not a yeah. This is not a property I have ever been aware of. Maybe it was a book. I have no clue. It's called Mr. Malcolm's List. Oh, Mr. Malcolm and his list and his list. That's sort of a bit. At uh, number eight. At the box office for the week of July 8th, 2022. A. Huh. <laughs> There's no way to describe this one uh, without giving it away. Uh, there, there, There's a young feller and he's, he's out for some. He's he's having some, some mishaps and adventures perhaps in his way to. <laughs> achieve his goals Bible goes west um, this is an Oscar nominated film it is uh, currently currently Oscar nominated um, it stars Jenny Slate it is uh, animated oh Marcel the Marce- shell Marcel the shell with shoes on yeah That came out just last year. I feel like that's been out for years. I know. It's nominated. Yeah, nominated uh, for best animated feature. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, the best animated. Fe- it's crazy. There. So there's a. 
there's two um, stop motion films animated for best feature, and neither of them are uh, are made by uh, uh, what's his face, the dude that the only dude who's ever won an Oscar for stop motion animation who did have a movie out last year for the first time in 15 years. Isn't that like Henry Selleck? Henry guy? Selleck, yeah, Henry Selleck that did, worked on the Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, yeah, that dude. He, he had a uh, Wendell and Wild first movie since Coraline, completely wow. ignored. So weird. Um, it was good. I liked it. It was, it was a weird fucking movie. Wendell and Wild was a weird movie. Let's check it. Yeah, like there's stuff in there. That I'm like, what the fuck is happening? What is this? Brian, I think you'd dig it too, honestly. Get high, watch it. <laughs> Wendell and Wild? Wendell and Wild. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It stars mm. Kim Peel. Oh. Well, I'm interested now. Um, and yeah, Jordan Peel produced it. But um, yeah. At number seven. While spending years attempting to return home, a marooned astronaut encounters an army of ruthless robots. Who are attempting to steal his fuel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. Buzz Lightyear? Yes, Lightyear. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah, that, I, wow. I can, that. 20 years ago, that movie would have made the world lose its mind. <laughs> and now it's yeah. like, meh. Yeah, it was a flop. A uh-huh. big flop. Yeah, it was just fine. I guess I didn't I even didn't see, see it. it. Yeah, I've I usually watch. I usually make it a point to like catch the Pixar movies that come out every year, but I did not see that one. It's yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, I guess. Like the the plot would have been really interesting twenty years ago, mm. but in the sci fi world we live in now, it was like ten minutes into the movie, you could kind of call the plot out. It's a kids movie. It's not for adults. Okay. It's fine. Yeah, okay, so it's one of those Pixar movies. But it's made to feel like an adult movie for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, like the stakes are high and yeah. there's mystery. I'm sure if my kids were like seven or eight years old, <laughs> they'd love it. Totally. Um, that's fine. That's good. We need movies that aren't for me. <laughs> the white, middle-aged yeah. American male. I think that's the theme of today's show. Yeah. Yeah. Who? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, at number six, after being abducted by a child killer and locked in a soundproof basement, a 13-year-old boy starts receiving calls on a disconnected... The black phone. Uh, the black phone, yep. I thought a child killer. I thought there was a, <laughs> a, a kid who was killing people that, that abducted, abducted somebody. A problem that, child. That, that's the movie that famously people... Um, Gen Zers were like, oh, it stars uh, Maya Hawk's dad. Yep. Yep. Is it just and, me and or is Joe me... Hill not very good for uh, being Stephen King's? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. Keep not. trying. Yeah. Black Phone was not very. The, the show The Outsider was way better. The, that anyway. Yeah. Um, at number five this week. Huh. Okay. <clears throat> Four years after the destruction of a scientific facility, uh, 
corporate operatives attempt to track down a missing doctor while another doctor investigates a genetically engineered swarm of giant insects. Is this that Jurassic is Park? That was this is the Dominion? Jurassic World Dominion, yes. God, giant insects. Give the people what they want. <laughs> Big bugs. Prehistoric bugs. Yeah, that's what we've been crying out for all these years. Then they're in Jurassic World. That's about big bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Locust. Yeah. It's not what I wanted from that movie at all. Oh, I'm so glad the Jurassic series is done. I hope it stays. You think it is? I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, they got the entire cast back. Yeah. If they can keep bringing transfers, they can keep bringing dinos. It's like that. That that fucking um, uh, sixty-five movie. Oh yeah, yeah with Adam Driver. <laughs> it's in just it. Adam Driver versus dinosaurs is the entire hook of the movie, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of down. That sounds yeah. better than Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver's got a gun, and he's fighting dinosaurs. Okay. <laughs> Look at. Uh, number four this week. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the first two and a half hour trailer I've ever seen. It is nominated for Best Picture. Starring Tom Hanks. He's in a movie right now? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it, Josh. You and I talked about it. Oh, is, is it this, Elvis? It's Elvis, yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to guess Pinocchio, but this one's an so, equally weird. Yeah, so you know Tom Hanks' oh, performance. Oh, yeah. So yeah, no, it's this is like how I've been describing it to people. You know how like at the beginning of Love and Thunder there's the montage where Thor's like getting into shape and there's like the voiceover? What if that was yeah. the entire movie? <laughs> yeah. But it's Tom Hanks doing that weird voice, right? Yes, doing yeah. a weird Dutch accent from the, yeah. uh, number number three. Oh God, the student becomes the teacher, but also he's Tom Cruise. Top Gun. <laughs> Four. <laughs> the, the, Ever. the top gunnering. No longer a bottom. Bottom gun. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what they were playing for in that volleyball game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sexuality, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I saw an interview with Val Kilmer recently. They were, it was about Maverick, but he, they started asking him about Batman. And he was like, I think uh, James Gunn should bring back Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey into the new DC universe. Well, I, I don't like, disagree. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just put him in. Oh, my God. I can't imagine Tommy Lee Jones putting on all that makeup now. No. Oh, I know. He's even more crotchety <laughs> if that's possible. You'd be like, I don't have time for that. He's he's reaching Harrison Ford levels of crotchety. I was going to say, I think he might be more crotchety than Harrison Ford is. I think so. Harrison Ford's down to be in television and kids' movies now. I've, I've just, I think I've realized the only thing Harrison Ford gets crotchety about is Star Wars. Yeah, because it's, it's all he heard about for 30 years of his life. 
And then he started crashing planes into things, and people started asking him about that, too. Yeah. He just has resting, grumpy old man faces and that that voice. <laughs> but especially it, lately, I've been seeing him on, you know, because he's promoting things. Um, yeah, he seems to be very chill. If uh, if you guys get a chance, check out Shrinking. It's incredible. It's, yes, we've been watching it. It's, it's really good. so funny. Yeah. He's so good in it. Yeah. He's really good in it. I just, I can't, it's still hilarious that he told his agent it was the best script he had ever read. I was like, shrinking. Honestly, I think for him, though, that might be the most like dramatic role he's had in a long time. In a long time, absolutely. He hasn't got to play a guy in decades. He's always yeah, like a normal person. Yeah. I haven't watched Yellowstone, but I have been watching 1923, which mm. is like the prequel um, with he and Harold, Helen Mirren. It's pretty good. He's uh, awesome as a ruthless like rancher. Just I, hanging people. I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford. I keep... I keep I, 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 at one point, like, started just reading, like, some of his, like, 80s credits, all of, like, because, you know, he just did movies. He just made movies in the 80s. Yeah. They weren't all Indiana Jones. And she was like, no, no, this is impossible. He's he's just on Solo. It's like, no, there's some hardcore presumed innocent fanboys <laughs> out there. No, I do. No, there's some people out there who, like, Harrison Ford is my Jack Ryan. Yeah, I saw a clip recently from the Graham Norton show with uh, Harrison Ford and Batch, Cumberbatch. And like Harrison Ford out of nowhere, he's like, oh, by the way, I just wanted to tell you uh, I'm a really big fan. And Cumberbatch immediately looks like, you know, he saw a ghost. He's Fuck like, yeah. huh? And Harrison Ford's like, Sherlock is amazing. And he gets even more like, what just happened? Did Indiana Jones just <laughs> tell me that I'm amazing? Yeah, no, I would literally yeah. fall down. <laughs> Yeah, he looked like he was slapped. Yeah. Uh, smack, that's what they call um, At number two this week at the box office top ten, the untold story of a 12-year-old's dream to become the world's greatest supervillain. I think this was the oh. second, like, no, no, not 2022. Isn't this a despicable me? Like, Minions, the rise of Gru, a sequel to the spinoff, of the Despicable Me franchise. I haven't seen one of those either. Oh, I, I, I had kids through the 2010s. I've seen a lot of them. There's no reason why I haven't. I've seen the memes. <laughs> no, there is. I don't need There's to see a reason. The movie. No, I mean, I love cartoons. Yeah, no, they're not fine. They're fine. The face, the, the, the boomer lady Facebook memes with the little yellow tic tacs are insufferable, but. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. Sexualized Twinkies is a little weird for me. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Why do they speak to that age? Group? I don't know. <laughs> Why do the Lindas love them so much? <laughs> uh, and our number one movie of the week Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie Korg and his ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight Gore the God Butcher, who intends to make the gods extinct. <laughs> Stuart Little Three. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> Big in space. Uh, and that is the box office top ten 
for the week. That does bring us to our character and comic book background. Al, Professor, please tell us the things we need to know. All right. So, uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of these characters uh, For uh, Of course, we've discussed Jane Foster before and mentioned her time as Thor. But there were a couple of, I look back at my notes, there were a couple of noteworthy things I didn't cover before. Um, Jane Foster was first seen as a Thor character named Thordis in What If number 10 in August of 1978. Um, Jane was first seen as Thor in the canonical Marvel Universe in Thor volume four, number one, in October of 2014, written by Jason Aaron and art by Russell Dowderman. Wait, what? That's when Jane Foster? Or her yeah. as Lady Thor? Just Jane Foster? No, no, no. Uh, her as Thor. Okay. I was like, what? No, Jane Foster, uh, she... Way back she, when, right? She was in like the, the second Thor story, and she's been around since. Okay, thank you. Pardon um, Jane, Jason Aaron, the writer, asserted, this is not She-Thor, this is not Lady Thor, this is not Thorita, this is Thor. All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically the Mighty Thor. Yeah. Um. That's true. Yeah, they, uh, there, there was a comic book run, uh, with her, uh, that was titled The Mighty Thor. Um, yeah, there have been other Thors. That came out a little bit later. Uh, previously, Thor had lost his worthiness and the ability to wield Mjolnir, making way for another worthy character to take the name and powers of Thor. It was not revealed until Thor Volume 4, Number 8, that this Thor was indeed Jane Foster, who had been diagnosed with, brain, with breast cancer and was undergoing therapy. At this time, she was also serving as representative of Midgard in the Congress of Worlds on Asgard. Uh, wielding Mjolnir gave a weakened Jane the strength to fight as Thor. However, it also perpetuated her cancer. Each transformation into Thor purges all toxins from her body, including those used in her chemotherapy oh. treatments. That would have been a helpful little... Yeah... I would have liked that clarification. I had. I mean, I had no problem with just like it's draining my life force. energy, <laughs> yeah. my life force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I died from sadness once. I'm a little. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that that I, that reminds. So there was a, but no, I would have. I think I bet that was on the cutting room floor too. That that little note was probably uh -huh. it was probably in there and it got cut out because of time. But um, like the logic is astounding. It makes a lot of sense. While, while yeah. they were making this, Taika Waititi inked the deal to direct or to write and direct a Star Wars movie during production of Love and Thunder. And uh, um, Natalie Portman says that at one point he came up. Um, this happened. He came up to her and he was like, "Like, yeah, I'm doing a Star Wars now. Do you have you? Do you want to be in a Star Wars movie?" And she was like, um, I, "I already was, Taika." <laughs> <laughs> I am the mother of Luke Skywalker. And he was like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> so long ago. Uh, moving on now to Gore <laughs> the God Butcher. 
created by Jason Aaron and Asad Ribic. First appeared in Thor, God of Thunder, number one, in January of 2013. Um, Gore has been described as one of Marvel's most notable and powerful male supervillains and one of Thor's greatest foes. He's a cool character. Gore was born on a nameless barren planet where earthquakes, lack of water, and wild animals are common. No gods helped his people, but they still trusted blindly in their faith. When Gore's mother, mate, and children are killed, he concludes the gods must not exist, a notion which leads to banishment from his tribe. <laughs> I'm sorry, barren planet with earthquakes, storms, and famine, and he's like, but that's, that's where I'm like, whoa. God has left us. <laughs> um, when Gore somehow learns that gods do indeed exist, but did not help those in need, he vows to kill them all. He acquires All Black the Necro Sword from its creator, Null. He first encounters a young Thor in medieval Iceland, nearly killing him, but a group of Vikings came to Thor's aid. Gore escaped with his arm cut off. Uh, then he created an army of shadow berserkers to help in his future endeavors. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the, the timeline of the original Gore, the God Killer or the God Butcher run stretched throughout the history of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. following they, Thor they as they a young and yeah, as a young man. Future. Yeah, and far into the future. Um, after centuries of killing off gods, Gore is eventually killed by Thor after stopping Ga Gore's god bomb. Uh, <laughs> this this was uh, this took place a couple of centuries into the future. God um, bomb, new band name, called it. <laughs> Later, Nick Fury, wielding the eye and knowledge of a murdered Owatu the Watcher, whispered a secret to Thor that would strip him of his worthiness. This secret, three words, Gore was right. Namely, that the gods are vain and vengeful creatures not worthy of admiration. And that's what made him not able to use the hammer anymore. I, I, for a long time, Loki was wielding the hammer as a result too, right? Hmm. Uh, I missed that. But, I think uh, just up until recently. Interesting. Uh, let's see. All Black the Necro Sword is a symbiotic weapon forged by Null, progenitor of the symbiote Clintar species, and it is made from the head of a slain celestial. The <laughs> Necro Sword are just everywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They're just laying around. Uh, the Necro Sword granted Gore superhuman strength, speed, durability, and reflexes. The blade allows the user to create various constructs, such as wings, sharp tendrils, and magical weapons. It also grants virtual immortality and a regenerative and regenerative heat regenerative healing, allowing Gore to grow back that arm he lost that one time. <laughs> that one time. Um, <laughs> each time a god is slain by the blade, it provides more power to its wielder. That's awesome. Um, we also saw the Olympians, some of the Olympians. In the 60s, the success of Thor comics showed that updating ancient myths could win readers. 
Stan Lee and Jack Kirby introduced the Olympians, extra-dimensional beings, once worshipped by cultures around the Mediterranean, such as Greece and Rome, first seen in Journey into Mystery Annual Number 1, 1965. Uh, this movie features Zeus, Dionysus, and Hercules from the Olympians. In, even in small ways. Uh, this movie also features Bast of the Heliopolitans, a group of Egyptian-based gods in the comics. Uh, Bast made her first appearance as a totem of Black Panther in Fantastic Four number 52, July of 1966, though at that time was only called the Panther God, later to be revealed as Bast. Other Heliopolitans who would appear in comics include Horus, Isis, Osiris, and Khonshu, patron of Moon Knight. Um, is she sitting next to the Namor, Namor's uh, civilization's god? He looks Olmec or Aztec, or you know, and he's even got the um, that jade, not jade. It's that green. I I think he's supposed to be. I think uh, Thor name drops him also. Quetzalcoatl. Um, he does is that who it is? I didn't think no. it was, oh. oh, does he yeah, say he, that? He did name drop. Yeah. Okay, then that's who it was. I didn't catch the... Okay. When, when they're listing off the people they could uh, bring into their army, he's one oh. of the names. Well, there you go. And uh, that's all I wrote. All right. Thank you, Al. Thank um, you, Al. Yeah. Um, let's see. There... Just really quickly before we get into the production, um, so a lot, um, a list of all the gods that were in it, um, not counting, are uh, as guardians. Um, um, there was uh, Falagar the Behemoth um, was uh, featured in there as a corpse, mm-hmm. um, but then we did have uh, Dionysus briefly yep, spoke. Um, he was in uh, this a lot more. Uh, apparently that he he lost all his scenes. He was a he was like a kind of a tertiary character. Um, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Um, then we had Bao, the god of dumplings, um, an old Cronin god, Korg's Bast, uh, the Egyptian god Minerva, Artemis. Sorry, sorry, Ninny of the Nani. Yes, Ninny hey, of the Nani. Nini Nani. Hey, Ninny Nani. <laughs> yeah. Um, Minerva, Artemis, uh, uh, an Elch goddess, uh, the Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> um, let's see. There's one just called the goddess of the dead, um, who is not Hella, uh, a Jadamuri god, um, a fur god. Uh, let's see. Um, a flower god, Ra, um, Sequoia queen and Oaken king, um, Ager, and those are all the ones that specifically could be named. Or Lucifer was name dropped. Yeah, as as the one god who received the most human sacrifices. Mm. Oh. That's right. I yeah. I couldn't make that out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch those. Um, uh, Jesus just, was supposed to also be in this movie, but did not make it. 
for yeah. obvious reasons. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or I, the um, god of the god of carpentry, I think, is was the joke that they oh were doing. Oh my god. With. Yeah. I saw the funniest tweet ever. It was like the guy who only knew Jesus professionally. Honey, they crucified our carpenter. <laughs> Uh, I just looked up the um, statues in Eternity's throne room. Uh, so we have, uh, well, Eternity himself was there. We have Infinity. We have Death, Lady Death. We have The Watcher, which I saw him. Living Tribunal, which we saw. Eon, uh, the one above all. That was um, the Celestial whose head was chopped off. Okay, they didn't even list it. Kang is in there, right? Jonathan Majors' bust is sitting is next to the Living Tribunal. I, I, I didn't swear. catch it, but I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be. I, I absolutely would believe that. Sure, especially after Loki having already happened. But um, yeah, I swear, I swear that's who's next to the Living Tribunal. Interesting, huh? That is all. All right. Um. Yeah, so our yeah, we're 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 into production now. So, um of course, this was written and directed by Taika Waititi who did Ragnarok. Um we've spoken about him before. There's not much to the, you know, production of the film. They it's at this point it's a, it's a machine. They're making the movies. Uh we do right. have Jennifer <laughs> uh Jennifer Caton Robinson has a screenwriting credit with uh Taika Waititi. Um Let's see. So she um, seems to have just been kind of assigned to it, or maybe she's friends with him. It's hard to say. She's just kind of a screenwriter. She wrote something. She wrote a couple movies previously. Someone Great, which is a romantic comedy, and Unpregnant, which is also, which is a uh, road comedy. Uh, you know, buddy comedy. This is interesting. I wouldn't have been surprised if she was hired to write the script and then Taika punches it up, you know, like adds all the humor because that's where I was talking about with the medium and the almost like he seemed bored because it didn't seem full on Taika Waititi, but then there were punchy lines that were absolutely him. It didn't. So it kind of makes sense if they got a utility writer and then he did the second you're right okay. so draft. so yeah so this yeah absolutely it, it felt like he came up with the basic premise and then a utility writer wrote it and then he punched it up which is interesting because originally um the original credit before the screenwriters guild of america made them change it was story by taika waititi and jennifer Caton robinson screenplay by taika waititi yeah he probably did more than punch it up like he probably wrote the final draft but she, he was probably like, I'm a busy dude. You write the travel scenes and the kids talking scenes. Mm -hmm. and the, you know? Um, yeah. She also has, um, a consulting credit on Hawkeye, which basically means that she did some script drafts on it that are uncredited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like most of like what she's been writing. Um, she is, I, uh, I, she's, uh, I see. She's known as an LGBT uh, screenwriter. Like she does a lot. She punches. She she does a lot of work in uh, TV and movies that are considered geared towards LGBTQ uh, audiences. 
this movie definitely qualifies. It does. It has a minimum of three LGBTQ characters. Well, just references. I mean, just subtle shit. Like when Thor's naked, you know, all of those uh, handmaidens pass out, but one of the male guards passes out. You know, just there's lots of little subtle. There's that. Um, Yeah. Heimdall's son is trans, um, which is. Is his he is? Yeah. His name was um Astrid. Was Astrid, which is a female name. And he yeah, went through the point right. of making sure that Thor now Taika Waititi said that that was the intent. Wow. It's I, very I feel subtle. Like it didn't come it's across very subtle. Because I figured Astrid might be in, you know, Norwegian. I mean, maybe it's unisex. I don't know. No, yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, we have many units. Yeah, we do, but yeah, Tony, Charlie, no. So Heimdall's son, uh, yeah, was the intent was that that's a trans male. That was a thing where they, where Thor was dead naming Uh him and then got him to stop dead naming him. Oh, hmm. it didn't play that way to me. It It was played like, it played like Walt Jr. When he wanted to be Kai. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. It was very subtle. I don't, um, I don't think anyone who didn't have a vested interest in that community or that would would un, would catch it necessarily or know the name. It's not a very you know that that's what it sort of hinges on is knowing that the origin of Astrid or how it's yeah I don't know yeah it, if you didn't know that name whatsoever it sounds like a Marvel name. Mm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so as it, it was made by all of our usual MCU people, of course, and Taika, um, it stars many people we've spoken about before. Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Christian Bale as the God Butcher, uh, Gore the God Butcher. Um, we last talked about him in uh, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, Rises. <laughs> Did you guys watch Harley Quinn's uh, um, Valentine's Day special? Oh, yes. no, I hadn't. Oh, no. my God. That was, yeah, it was hilarious. Um, Tessa Thompson is back as Valkyrie. Taika Waititi himself played Korg. Um, Natalie Portman is Jane Foster. Uh, we've got, of course, all the Guardians for the beginning of this. We have our... Uh, let's see. Jamie Alexander back as Sif briefly. Um, we've got our, uh, group of, uh, of, uh, uh stage actors, <laughs> which, uh, oh, uh right. Matt Damon, Luke Hemsworth. I always forget which Hemsworth it was. It's the third Hemsworth twin. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Sam Neill <laughs> and joining them, of course, Melissa McCarthy as, as Ella. Ella. Yeah. Um, and our big, our one name, which I I cannot find where we would have talked about him before. I think this may be our first time with Mr. Russell Crowe. Yeah. I love that guy. Russell Crowe. I can't believe this is our first movie we've covered on the podcast with him. Um, Russell Crowe. Um, he's going to be in Craven this year. Craven oh, the Hunter. Cool. Hmm. Um. But uh, he, so Russell Crowe started his career in the early 80s in New Zealand, performing under the stage name of Russ LaRock as a pop star. Wow. Yeah. He's a handsome guy. 
He was. Um, he was. He is 18 years old and releasing albums as Russ LaRock. Um, the picture, yeah, the picture of him as Russ LaRock is amazing. Um, he has a t-shirt that says Russ LaRock on it and he's wearing like a Michael Jackson, like, like a, a thriller jacket. That's awesome. Um, one of, one of the songs he released was just want to be like Marlon Brando. Um, he did not Weird. he did not make it as a pop star um so he uh moved from new zealand to australia um and started uh acting in an australian production of the rocky horror picture show he played eddie and dr scott mm. um and then he started getting tv work as an actor and of course his big breakout movie was romper stomper which was a big which was a good movie that was a good movie um he uh he was in proof in 1991 that was that was considered kind of a big hit and of course his first american film was the quick and the dead with mr sam raimi i wanted to cover that movie sometime that movie is amazing yeah, I think we had talked about it before, like just like all choosing a Western, because obviously it's a genre that's tiresome, but like there's some fucking gems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And The Quick and the Dead is like one of those. That that movie is fascinating for so many reasons. It is so innovative. Yeah, absolutely. And that was so that was the movie Sharon Stone made after Basic Instinct. That was her like, I'm cashing in. Um you know, my, my, the cachet I built for becoming like the, the leading lady of the early nineties for this brief period of time. Hackman to cap everybody. Yeah. Leonardo before he was Leonardo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before he was at, before he was eternal. Yeah. Um, uh, Keith David. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few other famous gunslingers, like actors playing gunslingers, right? Well, anyways, we'll save that for yeah. when we do that. <laughs> but yeah, of course, then, you know, he, he started really getting known um, in the late 90s uh, um, and early 2000s. Um, L.A. Confidential. Um, and then Gladiator. Gladiator. That was the big one. That's the one that made him like a superstar. Yeah, Gladiator, and it's all—it's been all crow. He's been—we've all been eating crow since. <laughs> I love that he's living his best life. Yeah, that dude I love seems that to... he's just like, like this is how I look. This is my age, you know. Just oh my god, no, we have covered him before. I forgot he was Jorel. Oh my god, that's right. Oh he's scientist god. lawyer Jorel. Wow. I forgot but he wasn't wearing that. a tennis skirt. Does it really count? Does it count? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So by by all so um, Taika Waititi filmed all of Zeus's scenes twice: one with the Greek accents and once with a normal like. I'm glad they went with the accent. Me too, because that, that you was, have uh, wine, have a, grape, a Greek accent. And that was uh, Russell Crowe's idea, uh, but Taika was like, "No, that'll be too silly." Um, he al- he also decided, decided in the end that it was- he decided to use his own hair and beard. He told the 
the costuming people like, I want to make it easy. You've got so much work to do. Mm-hmm. Just wow. use what I already have. That's amazing. Um, I, I listened to this uh, Australian podcast, uh, Mr. Sunday Movies. Uh, they're funny dudes that talk about comic book movies as they come out. Um, but they talked about there's a Greek police officer procedural in Australia. And they are pretty sure that that's the voice that Russell Crowe is doing. He's doing an intentionally bad Greek accent. Well, it, but it is one. Um, it reminded me of the the Greek uh, cook diner owner in uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> frog is frog. Woman is woman. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, added it is a, one. It, it, it added another Greek layer accent. to that. It's a, Greek American accent. Sorry. Yeah, it's a very a specific type of Greek accent. It's an not, American. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a Grecian American accent. or or a Greek Australian. That's what these guys are trying to get out there. Like because it was okay. a Australian an, an Australian TV show with an Australian actor doing a Greek accent as a you know a Greek immigrant. But you know what I'm saying, uh, right? Yeah, totally. Y- yeah. Okay. But he got a lot of hate for it because it's arguably pretty bad <laughs> so zeus yeah yeah history's greatest sexual predator right <laughs> i've got a lot of sons we know he's like no, he was just almost every time he went to earth he's like i gotta assault somebody fuck a goose. Oh, no, no, sometimes <laughs> yeah. Fuck a bear yeah people changed into Turned animals into just not to get zeus literally <laughs> raped trees and rocks <laughs> yeah I don't give a fuck. He's like, I'll fuck lamp. Uh, I'll fuck, I'll fuck this anything. I Good will to be the king. Fuck it. You got it. I'll fuck it. <laughs> I'll fuck it. <laughs> like, how did you rise to this rank? <laughs> you seem preoccupied. <laughs> Everybody listens to their father, I guess, in the pantheon. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Fucking Zeus. Um, and then he fucks him. He reminded me of someone that would play Zeus at Caesar's Palace. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how his performance came off, and I loved it. The tennis skirt, man, sold oh, man. everything. Just pushed yeah. it over the completely a, over the edge. It's like a character you'd get pictures with at Caesar's Palace at the form shops. Just so. I'm sure the guy at Caesar's Palace says baby cakes too. I'm it's sure. okay, baby cakes. It's okay, baby cakes. <laughs> um, I, I've been saying it since this movie came out. Okay, baby cakes. Um, <laughs> Uh, we did t- uh, Simon Russell Beale played Dionysus um, who uh, I mean he had one line in this cut um, he uh, he's you know a pretty well known British character actor um, there's a deleted scene of him uh, on the DVD that has uh, I mean that DVD Blu-ray <laughs> whatever <laughs> on the beta max, on, beta max. <laughs> on the 16 millimeter film reel yeah, vision. they arrive to the what's the omnipotent city and omnipotent he city, yeah. he exposition dumps on them and at the end of it he goes why am i telling you all of this let's go <laughs> which is i kind of wish it had stayed in because the on the nose like why did i tell you all of these things about where the meeting right. is and that his dad is Zeus. And there's I mean, he is a drunk, so it would have been funny. Yeah. Why did I tell you? I think the reason why this character didn't make the the final cut in its original plan was because the effect didn't work. Because mm-hmm. if you see him, he was supposed to look like a marble statue. Mm. 
Okay. Kind of doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I feel like funny, the character because, design didn't work. I was just saying Caesar's Palace. Yeah, in the forum shops, they have a giant animatronic Bacchus Dionysus, you know? Yeah. He's like, I wonder Welcome if they... to the forum shops at <laughs> Caesar's. <laughs> and it looked like the show that Zeus does in the movie. <laughs> Uh, um, so we yeah, should go to Vegas. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> sorry, that's ambitious. Yeah, um, uh, uh, Jonathan Brew, bro, I'm not sure how you say his last name, um, who was uh, uh, best known for being in the What We Do in the Shadows uh, movie, um, played uh, uh, oh, him, uh, Rapu, the, the third vampire. Yeah, yeah, the third vampire. Yeah, played Rapu, <laughs> the uh, god that gets killed. Gore's god. Allow me, to, allow me to do my dark bidding on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm bidding on a lamp. I really want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and of course, we've got Brett Goldstein as Hercules. Brett Goldstein, best known as uh, uh, what's his name, Roy. What's his last name? Roy Clark. He's from uh, Ted Lasso. Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. He's Roy Kent. Um, And uh, Jeff Goldblum, Peter Dinklage, and Lena Headey all were in this movie but got cut out completely because it did need to come in under two hours and they had to really cut it the fuck down to get that happening. Peter Dinklage's character was Idri the Dwarf or Ed, Ed, Yeah. But uh, one Ed, of the Edry. saddest characters in the MCU. I love that actor, but I hope the character doesn't come back. Like well, I, I was just watching Infinity War the other day and I'll, I was I just get so sad. Peter yeah. Dinklage's character. Yeah, well, and I mean they That's a tragic <laughs> I don't know if they'll come back. They were both killed by Gore in the original cut of this movie. Jeff Goldblum uh, yeah. and Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey. Um, Who is Lena Headley in this? In it, or Headley? Um, okay, never mind. No, no, yeah, no, I would, I would have to figure it out. It yeah, was, I can look that up. Let's go. Um, it was a little. They were kind of keeping it a little under wraps, so I'm. It's, it's not like just right there, Wikipedia ready. So sure. I'm not sure. Um, she, she ended up suing them for, uh, because they, um, she was supposed to get some money for this that she didn't and it had something to do with her her being cut out it was like a whole big thing but um, you don't get points if you're not actually in it right well unless your contract stipulates yeah so it's it was yeah there was a thing with that i don't know the details of it but um yeah um that's about it there's not a whole lot more to talk about with the production of this they kind of just made the movie um uh uh vin diesel did get paid for it (laughs) fuck yeah he did my my hero, my unexpected personal hero, yeah. <laughs> Mister Capitalism. Yeah, fucking Vin Diesel. Did uh, it was uh, what was it? I think Diesel's it was expensive. I can't remember if it was Fast Nine or Guardians Two. There was some uh, that dude's insane. There was there was some premiere where he was live doing a Facebook live stream. Mm-hmm. at the premiere and a reporter started talking to him and he just put the phone in his pocket and didn't turn it off <laughs> and he live streamed the entire premiere movie from his pocket the old mark ruffalo streamed the 
top secret movie. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Do you guys remember that when Ruffalo streamed the first God, it must have been the first 45 minutes of Ragnarok, I think it was, or was it Infinity War? Huh. But Marvel, yeah. He yeah. almost died. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Um Yeah, they send white gloved thugs to your house. If you ever want to go down a weird rabbit hole, Google Vin Diesel and elephants. He's got a weird, weird interest in yeah, he elephants. Does. He's right, really, he really into elephants. Like, like, how into them is he? I don't know if it's sexual. <laughs> I know where Brian's <laughs> But, but like, he constantly photoshops himself into pictures with elephants and takes himself. Pictures. Yeah, he doesn't have like a guy he pays to do that. Well, he I don't know. Maybe he does. It seems pretty. I don't know if that's better or worse. It seems pretty amateurish. So I kind of feel like it's. Him. I hope it's him. God, I hope. But it's like, him. he's really into elephants, and he's like. Like me and the kings, like and it's a picture of him with elephants and like a sunrise. If anyone had told me years ago that he would be an interesting guy, I would have been like, "Shut the fuck yeah, up!" No he wore a fur coat and triple X and fought in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Thor: Love and Thunder has sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, um, which is pretty meh. As far as that goes, um, I do, however, have some letterboxed reviews. Bailey writes, the sound design sucked ass. Half a star. Really? Huh. It's weird that that's, that was it. That was the... Really? That was the needle. In, I listened to this was, with headphones the straw. and cranked the volume on my sound yeah, system. And it sounded I love it. awesome. Yeah, like this, the goat screams, which are hilarious. But oh, the okay. goats, they're just distant. I have a feeling that the goat screams are the thing that push this person over the edge. Yeah, no, Might of all been. the things to complain about, the sound design is it's it's interesting. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. The goats are very divisive. Animation. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, team goat, though. I loved him. Um, Aller... <laughs> Aller, this might be Alaric Anderson now. I'm not sure. It's with an well, E in it and a K, but uh, seen it looked, it with an e. but Alaric Anderson writes Thor Love and Thunder, more like Thor Blob and Blunder. Am I right? <laughs> no. <laughs> is all anyone? Is this thing on? Is this on? <laughs> What's the deal with airline food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see. Letterboxd user Shania writes, letting Jane be a god is something that should happen to me. 2023 is my year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, god she feels it. like a woman. <laughs> you, man. Uh, and uh, Peter's user Peter's left knee writes, Thor got problems like me. For real? For real? We both sad. LMAO. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> The kids are all right, man. <laughs> yeah. I still maintain Thor has the largest and most satisfying arc. Oh, I thought MCU. you were going to say something very different. <laughs> the largest oh, and most satisfying. I don't know. <laughs> most I mean, it's, I'm sure it's got a curve to it. Is the telling. <laughs> so uh, that's it, guys. Oh, I've got one. Gay. Five stars. Five, Five stars. Somebody's Five panic. Yeah. There is a lot of by panic in this. There is. Yeah, no, this If it uh, makes you panic. I know oh, it's, hell yeah. I know it's a low bar, but this is the the gayest MCU movie by far. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Um, so, all Which right. works for the gods. It does. You know, like yeah. flower gods, color gods. Like, I'm not saying those things are gay inherently, but <laughs> it gay gods, the concept of comic book gods, they're, they're a little, there's no word I can find that's not offensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's. that's... Wishy. <laughs> Terrible. I, I got no, but you know I mean, they were Greeks. The, the Greeks are famously uh, <laughs> free and easy and with that kind people. of thing, yeah. Very uh, sexually uh, open, yeah. Uh, so liberated, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, they were forward. So, all right, we ready to jump into the film, guys? Uh, screaming Take me goes. down. Paradise City. Yeah. Taste the rainbow. Oh, we barely we didn't oh, even taste talk the about I will get to GNR as we get through this. It sent me down a rabbit hole of watching old um um old videos from Use My Use Your Illusions. Of which there were many. Um, yeah, November Rain's a mini movie. The November yeah. Rain video is insane. And I I I I looked it up because it, it is on the list of the most expensive uh music videos ever made it's the 10th most expensive music video ever made the wow. second most expensive music video ever made was um it was it's just a estranged a strange uh, the one that's when you're talking to yourself yeah and there's nobody home that song that music video has at a certain point slash is literally walking on the ocean doing a guitar solo <laughs> Yeah, they put a glass like platform. That's the, one. That the one where they're on the skyscraper as well. Anyways, yeah, there think... was another one where there was a stunt where Slash is like, it's made to look very dangerous. Yeah, no, well, no, Slash, he played his guitar at the top of cliffs with a single church. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That church, that's so huge. And yeah. then you step outside. Yeah, no, but in a strange, there's one where Axel, <laughs> there's a shot where Axel's crying in the shower, completely dressed, but he's wearing his baseball cap and shorts yeah. and his Nikes that say Axel on them and a sequined huh? jacket just sitting in the shower crying. He had a bottle of there. Nikes before Jordan. Really? I'm pretty sure. Because wow. he was he was known for his Nikes, man. He was always on, you know, the flannel tied around his waist. Uh yeah, that's uh November Rain is the one where he's where he swam with the dolphins and played, and played piano. And Stephanie's Seymour. And, and, and the CGI dolphin comes out of the water and is swimming around him while he's playing piano. I know. <laughs> Ooh, GNR, man. Fucking GNR. The last gasp of cock rock before Nirvana, like, killed it. I think they were a little above they were the hair metal. Absolutely. They were the they were absolutely they were legitimate. They weren't like they weren't Def Leppard. I mean Appetite for Destruction is a rock and roll album. I don't care. Appetite for Destruction is I, I mean that's uh, up against anything with stones. Honestly, I mean Use Your Illusion is insane. That double yeah, album yeah. is crazy. And oh, that, I know. That, it that, was so eagerly anticipated. Like I was waiting for I it. I listened you know? to the I listened to the fuck out of that thing. Like, and there's there's huge portions that are just piano and and symphony. <laughs> like they really yeah. thought they were making Abbey Road there. So now's as good a time to bring it up as any. Uh, I was looking through the IMDB quotes, um, and there are a lot that are not in this movie. Uh, maybe they're in the deleted scenes that I didn't watch. Uh, but there's one where uh, Gore brings out a cassette and shows it to a drugged Zeus 
you like Guns N' Roses? And oh. um, uh, proceeds to uh, talk about Appetite for Destruction, um, their first and most famous album. Um, and then uh, Zeus says, uh, a groggy Zeus says, why are there so many skeletons around this place? You have a dog, a hellhound maybe? No, Zeus. Hey, is that the Necro Sword? Yes, it is. And um, the, <laughs> starts talking about the appetite for destruction some more. He's like, hey, Zeus. And then uh, hacks him with the Necro Sword, <laughs> saying, screaming, try getting a reservation at Valhalla now, you damn stupid bastard. I have a what? feeling that may what not be a real play? scene. No, that's that's that that was that was um American that was a, the American psycho American scene psycho. with the axe. Yeah, right. totally a real scene. Christian yeah. Bale. Uh, that would have been hilarious. It would have been filmed that right. Not like put it in yeah, the movie, so but the just had it. The Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Scene. All right, guys. Here we go. This is Thor. Love and Thunder. We open on Gore and his daughter, the last of their race, stumbling through a barren desert. Yeah, man. Um, it's an intense opening for a movie that is really fucking light a lot of the time. There's some heavy themes. It's true. I thought that that Gore was going to be a little more serious in the I got to you know, say, it's, go ahead. I love Christian Bale's portrayal here. I, I do. I really I like wish it. we had seen more of him. I know they filmed plenty, but like, and I know that's a big complaint. I, I don't, I'm not one of the, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, they wasted gore. But um, I no. do wish we had gotten some more time with Christian Bale's portrayal of gore. Yeah. I just wanted more time Yeah, with yeah. the character. Like what he did was incredible. It's interesting, uh, you know, in the comics, he has these weird, like, tendril type. And then, so I'm glad they didn't include those. But then his yellow eyes and his teeth and everything, if he did look like the cop, he would look like Bib Fortuna. He <laughs> yeah. would look exactly. Because <laughs> the face who, is exactly the same. They just Who was the like, uh, Thanos goon? Uh, the, oh, Squidward? The, the wizard? Squidward. Yeah, he looks oh, like uh, Squidward, basically. The Maw, Ebony Maw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, uh, I just I wanted to say he chose or sorry, he didn't choose. Christian Bale said he expected to be made a CGI character. Uh, right. Stop. Most. He thought that was what was going to happen. But they decided that they did not want to lose any of his expression. Right. In a CGI character. So he so spent glad. four hours every day in makeup. Um, and shows a and he had a lot to do with the choosing of the color palette and the scarification and like the different tattoo styles that he had on him or whatever. So, so he was glad. very intimately involved with the character design, which I thought was cool. He spent three months actually living as the god butcher and murdering <laughs> gods. killed a bunch of gods. Yeah, he's a method. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, despite their prayers to their god, Rapu, his daughter dies. Um, the god-killing Necrosword calls to Gore, who leads him to a, uh, a desert oasis, a lush realm in which Rapu is partying with some 
flower gods? What should be the eternal reward? That's where Gore thinks, you know, he's going, which is what angers him. You know, he's he's wrought by the death of his daughter, but death happens. Obviously, he's on this dying planet. It, it's that it, there's no payoff. There's that, no, yeah. That is a very empathetic, sympathetic, like you can get behind that character instantly. It was very clever because you're like, yeah, he's right. Well, you know, after all that suffering, it doesn't even fucking. He's like, that's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Losing my religion. <laughs> well, he's not mad that he didn't intervene. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's mad that there's he no. He accepts that gods don't do that necessarily. He, yeah. That's well, that is that is the basic, um, uh, you know, uh, contractual obligation of a religion. Of I may yeah. die for you, but I get a reward afterwards. Yeah. I need no evidence. Moreover, say. Rapu laughs at him. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that. Like, yeah. you idiot, you believe that? That's, and it's that's, so that's funny because, oh, yeah. It's stung well, for the audience. I th- think. This, leads, this leads me to. What a low level God. This leads me to my flexing. single biggest unanswered question of, of this film, which is in. In the MCU, in this on-screen universe, I know there's a lot of background in the <laughs> comics, but ignoring the comics, on-screen, in this movie, in this universe, what the fuck is a god? It's very... Is is it simply a, an advanced, uh, you know, like, creature... Like, alien of great power? Um, I know there's the Celestials. We've got them. We've got... All of that stuff, but I mean, what are even are they in this universe? They they seem to mostly just be very powerful, you know, so beings. Like, but in, I think in worship this movie, is is important for the, the yeah. worship aspect, and that human beings birth them into existence. Do they though? Because not human. I'm sorry, not human beings, but the the worshippers of. Because right? I mean, maybe, but it seemed like the Asgardians existed prior, and the her- humans started worshiping them because they came there and saw them and saw how powerful they were. I mean, you're right. Same with the Olympians, but so yeah, it becomes very weird in the MCU specifically. Like I said, I know in the comics and everything, there's a lot happening there. No, but but, but I don't know if they've ever explained it. To be honest. <laughs> Like what sets them aside because their designation is gods. Right. So and mean, so what makes them different than any uh, other really yeah. powerful alien? Right. Then say eternity. Like everyone, all those busts in the eternity stone room are more powerful than the gods. Yeah. Death, so, infinity. So, I mean, are these just really powerful aliens that then started being worshipped? So they got together and made a club and like, hey, we're all gods now. Or is yeah, there something yeah. more yeah. fundamental to it? And that's why they're worshipped. Like it's on screen. Oh. This is very, this is all very, very questionable, especially with how the Asgardians were treated in the first four Thor movies. And who can die and who can't? Like, is it the level of how, because Zeus obviously didn't die, but you can kill gods. That's the crux of the movie. Yeah. Um, there's a lot, and it's, it's interesting that, um, all of the new gods were, uh, introduced to all have the Ikor, the, uh, the golden blood, but we have seen all the, as many Asgardians bleed, including Thor and Loki and Odin all had red regular blood. 
But those were Olympian gods. Or not even Rapu. gods. Rapu had the oh, golden. Oh, Rapu. That's true. He had the golden blood, yeah. It is a, yeah, it's an interesting question that I don't know if anyone has yeah, answered. It, it is, a, I, I consider it unanswered for sure. Um, not good or bad, just unanswered. Well, right, because the answer is the question. You know, like, yeah. what are they? They're gods. And then what are gods? But yeah. Yeah, like that's been the answer. So I don't know if they've gone further. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's ju- it just you know with the inconsistency that everything has been treated on screen by the MCU over thirty movies, um, it's interesting <laughs> to try to make it all fit together. Um, yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, Gore takes the Necrosword and kills Rapu, and vows he's going to kill all the gods. Uh, and that's no comics, laying on the ground. This, I mean, it, yeah, it is. Yeah. Friendly. Oh, um, Say oh. that again, Brian. You froze for a second. In the comics, because you see them falling through the atmosphere as they re-enter from a battle in space, oh. instead of just stumbling into an oasis where there was a battle and Rapu is celebrating his victory or whatever. Oh. I. This is one thing where I remember watching the movie going like, ah, oh, dang, I would have liked to see like two gods tumbling through the sky and have him yeah. go to that instead of having the sword whisper to him or whatever. Mm. And I want to know how Rapu and those like flower gods won that battle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Rapu's obviously not a very powerful god. He's kind of low level. And I mean, for, for the sake of um, exposition, I get it. But Noel was pretty badass well he made yeah. that sword that is legally himself. distinctly not null because null is owned by oh, sony I know. but yeah i know but the shadow creatures are very symbiote like yeah. you know they they went as far as they could without sony <laughs> yeah without getting sued yeah um so uh then we get the marvel fanfare get it a little metal style we cut to thor He's joined the Guardians of the Galaxy after uh, Endgame. Uh, and voice, we get a voiceover from Korg. He tells us the story of Thor losing <laughs> losing all the weight he put on in Endgame. Um, we get a brief tour. Which is important to, you know, like if he just reappeared all, you know, like I, I, I appreciated it. Absolutely. Like how he transformed from Lebowski Thor to... Yeah, absolutely. No, I like that. I like that a lot. We get a brief tour of his life. Um, Kid Thor is played by, uh, uh, <laughs> I almost said Liam Neeson. Um, it's not even Liam, Liam by Chris Hemsworth's uh, son. Mm. Um, and, and he's wearing the original Journey into Mystery outfit, you know, the tiger stripe boots. And the, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Oh, and it's, it's, quick. it's, it's, and Gore's daughter is played by Chris Hemsworth's daughter. Wow. Um, yeah, and little Nepo all, babies. Well, and yeah. all of the Asgardian kids are played by the kids of the cast and crew. Natalie Portman's kids are in there. Taika Waititi's kids are in there. Russell Crowe has some kids in there. Um, a lot of the crew members, those were all kids of the crew. So this was... Christian Christian Bale's kids are not in the cage scenes because he, they did not want to get nightmares from their father. <laughs> That's so this is a family movie. Yeah, so that, he's not scary in general. Yeah, this is very, <laughs> very much a movie about parenthood. Very much, yeah. Oh, this sure. is a movie yeah. for children. Yeah, 
more than anything. I speaking about the cage scene, I do love that Gore is just trying to connect to the kids in that scene. Like, hey, kids, you like beheadings? Doing yeah, crowd work with a bunch of children. He doesn't hate kids, you know. Like, no, he, it's about kids. He's you legitimately know? trying to connect to them. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, we we're we've got the voiceover. Then we cut to the guardians fighting some chicken guys. Yeah, those guys are weird. Yeah, Ooh, scan scum. But I love the classic Thor joke because he does it all the time, where he's just not self-aware you know so he's up there meditating and they're like come on man like we really need you they're trying to go to him so he hops on stormbreaker and flies away and he's like hurry up <laughs> like such a thor. him him hopping he on said the, what he said hurry up like he's oh, suddenly right. telling them <laughs> him hopping but, on stormbreaker and flying away like it's a broom and he's a witch is hilarious yeah Hurry up! <laughs> That's the stuff I loved. I really loved all the weird Taika Waititi shit in this movie. Um, yeah, like there you, are a lot of. I, yeah. Like you said, Josh, it feel the 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 story feels rushed and basic and medium, but all the little Taika things throughout the movie are great. Yeah, the, those weird blue aliens and those it was a beautiful oasis. <laughs> you know, like they're weird voices. And he's got like a dollar store waste basket. You like, know, you know who they remind his... they reminded me of those uh Futurama aliens that come and take over oh. the the uh the the delivery service for those yeah. episodes. They remind me of the the thermites, the aliens uh, in Galaxy Quest. Whose voices yeah. are just a little weird. You know, they, they talk weirdly yeah. English. Yeah. <laughs> They're the Indigar. Yeah. Oh, it's out there. Yeah, yeah, the Indigar. So they know their god is dead. But yeah. they still want to keep their temple, which is such a human thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we know it's hollow now, but don't mess it up. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um. So yeah, instead of burning it down yourselves, <laughs> you motherfuckers. Yeah, it's a nice temple, guys. So we get Thor comes and uh, and kills all the uh, bad <laughs> the chicken guys for the monks. So they're a biker gang, right? Yeah, that's essentially what they are. Yeah. They've got colors, you know. They got leather vests. And, and of course, this motorcycle. is like like super like crazy like seventies eighties like metal like like theme going through it. Thor does the splits on those two things. Yeah. Like such a comic. He's got that red vest. Yeah. I wish he had kept this look. I like it so much better than when he gets like to be like like super it's MC. Kind of his Jack Burton look. You yeah. know? Like did, does he did he even have that totally. shirt? Because there are so many yes. 80s movies references. It, even on the barge, that bar's called Cocktails and Dreams. You know yeah. like so many references. So yeah, so uh, he accidentally knocks down the temple while this is happening, though. <laughs> um, then we cut to Jane Foster on Earth. She has cancer. She's getting chemo. Um, she, she ruins a book. She ruins a book. Uh, we get a cameo from Kat Dennings. Yep. Which is nice. She made it. Structurally, this is one of the things that kind of drive, drives me crazy about this movie is that the Guardians thing is not tacked on to the beginning. It's like they tried to inter- integrate it into the story. I would have loved to have it be the pre-Marvel whatever uh, fanfare yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and oh. then open the movie 
with Natalie Portman. Because this goes on for a long time, which is fine. Whatever. They set it up at the end of end uh, game. But like to try and blend the story into a Thor, a classic Thor adventure, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. I think that's the greatest weakness of the movie is trying to pull the that's guardians. What I, into that's it. why I kind of think that Jennifer chick, you know, wrote the uninteresting bones. You know what I mean? Like I need a scene with Jane getting her chemo. Like that seems yeah. like what that person. Wrote. And honestly, that scene works so well for me. Um, the, the cancer scenes always work for me. Um, but yeah, I think, um, ha- spending so much That's time with the guardians butter, huh? and then splitting off at that point, And then they're never back in the story, whatever. It just, it seems so empty. Um, no, it does. And also, you know, she's got like, they don't really specify she's got cancer of the cancer or whatever. Like it's just right. cancer well, uh, on stage four. It's yeah, going to kill right. you. So that means it's spread from its source. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I, I do like how much Jane is is respected and accomplished on her own in reference to nothing to do with any superhero. She is just right. Dr. Jane Foster. Mm-hmm. And later at the end of the movie, she like specifies that. Like, no, you can right. call me the Mighty Thor or Dr. Or- Jane Foster. <laughs> Yeah, doctors are fucking militant. Yeah, which I understand. If <laughs> sure. I spent that money and time, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is the that's that's Mr. the fucking Lecter. joke. I didn't spend eight years in evil medical school to be called <laughs> Mister. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So. Um, it's great shade to throw, though. Yeah. You're hating a doctor. Oh yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we get a little bit of a montage of her, uh, trying to uncancer her cancer. Uh, she gets called to New Asgard, or she visits. We see her visiting there. And then we get a montage of Valkyrie doing king stuff and the tourism, including an ice cream shop called Infinity Cones, yeah. which I would argue is kind of like the Twin Towers pancake stack house. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. I thought that to myself. I was like, is too soon a thing in the Marvel Universe? Right. It's like, nope. like, nope. whoa. Well, I mean, the Asgardians got it worse than anybody. They got cut in half and then cut in half again. So it's sure. very self-deprecating. Like, but I mean, that's that would that's almost like, 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 like the yes. I don't know the Holocaust. It'd be almost like the Holocaust, like Jewish, like kosher deli. Like, oh my god, <laughs> our, our Holocausts are low, so we pass the savings on to you. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah i'm with you i felt that yeah um so um she visits the shards of mjolnir fucking brian's muting and he's been laughing this whole time i know he always he's the muted laugh <laughs> laugher folks i get way more laughs than it seems i feel so bad laughing at that joke but <laughs> god damn jesus yeah. christ um, I so I guess I didn't. I guess I didn't connect this before. Um, that New Asgard was built on the location where Odin died. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's where the yeah. Asgardians fought the ice giants, the frost giants, in the first movie. Yeah, and it's where yeah, the it's Tesseract. It's where the Tesseract was hidden in Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, yeah, but yes, Val is very bored. 
Yeah, she's bored being king. She's doing commercials. She's Meek is a woman. Meek is a woman. Yes. Or a female. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, let's see. Um, Oh, I I had an unanswered question. You know why I didn't know that? It's because when Meek was introduced, they referred to him as he. (laughs) Well, if we're talking about inconsistencies here in Ragnarok, Korg mentions his mom and her boyfriend. And in this one, he talks about his two dads. So they're. Well, and that it seems like they're a male only society. Like that's how yeah, they reproduce. Species, yeah. Females. yeah. So it's I'm very like, uh, curious. Like those guys on uh, the Orville. Oh, yeah. the Klingon type guys. They're two husbands. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. no, I no, yeah. no. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm very curious as to how then the mom plays a role in this society. Yeah. Um. So, uh. Oh, and I had a question. Okay, so she sees the shards of Mjolnir, which is on the grass on which it fell, but is raised up. So my question is then, who raised? Who raised? So you can cut the earth out around Mjolnir and pick that up. I guess they cut yeah. the earth out around it and left the grass where it was. That was They're my interpretation. Crazy. They yeah. so did they lower it. the grass all around it? The ground all and around it installed then? marble. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh-huh. Makes sense. Because I have a feeling that they tried to excavate that whole area and were physically unable to. Yeah, you can't lift the pieces. Makes either. sense. Um, so back with the Asgardians of the galaxy, Thor is given some screaming goats as a gift by the monks. And they start getting distress signals from gods all over the galaxy. They're being killed. Uh, they get one from Sif. Uh, Thor decides to part ways with the team and find Sif. Uh and the Guardians go to their own sequel with James Gunn. That will probably not address the God they, vacuum at all. Yeah. 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 They were, uh, they don't relate. They were supposed to go and answer like all the other distress calls. Like, yeah, there was over 1,500 of them. Mm. Something like that. Which, if all of these or half of these are attributable to Gore, that's like, it's just a bummer that we didn't get a murder montage. It or just a traveling kind of montage. It yeah, is. It would have been. Fun. It is. Um, you know, like they, Feige insisted it was under two hours. It was an hour, nineteen minutes, and fifty-seven seconds. Yeah, there were three yeah. seconds to play with. That. Yeah, no, it makes sense why. We I didn't, think, but I'm the, with Brian. The choices that Taika made were to re- retain the relationship, close the arc for Thor, rather than. Right establish the villainy of gore yeah which makes Uh, sense makes sense yes but yeah i would have loved to have this movie be 15 minutes longer seven of which are gore seven of which are mighty thor becoming mighty thor and going on adventures but you're right i mean they leaned more on the emotional and the sensitivity like like thor said parenthood um uh terminal illness yeah. yeah, being being Love. sensitive to the fear of children. That there's a lot of time developed in that those conversations with team kids in a cage. Right. Yeah. That's true. The progeny, because like you said, as guardians have been cut down to such a small not that anyone wouldn't go looking for their kids, but it's just like we need this generation. Like, yeah. We, we absolutely need and there's that Pied Piper sort of vibe, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Thor goes and finds Sif, who's missing her arm. 
And uh, Sif warns uh, Thor that Gore's next target is new Asgard. It was a, uh, jumping ahead a little, well, a lot here. Um, it was a real, real missed opportunity that her arm was not in the post credit sequence. Why was her arm not involved? Because that's not how it works. I think he was just being Her arm hit. is not involved. It, should have I, okay, been, it would have I been like, hilarious if her arm was just there floating next to Heimdall. I like the clarification, it would though. would have been hilarious. On, on entry into Valhalla, you have to fall in battle in Marvel's yeah. Valhalla. Instead of, oh, yeah, it's just Asgardian heaven. Like, no. You no, have yeah, to die it's for in the defending gods, something. Or yeah, or doing the murders. I, I loved Sif's reaction uh, when he when Thor clarifies. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> Was that her slapping arm? Yeah, right. in Loki, she just repeatedly slaps. Oh, and then kicks him in the nuts, right? Yep, knees him in the nuts, right? I I do think it's funny that at the end she just like they just have like the stump there. Like, I mean, come on, Thor's got his robot eye. Give her an arm. That's oh, true. She'll get one. She'll get one. Yeah. She'll be back. I hope that Jamie Alexander's back. She's so much fun in that. She, role. she just she takes it off for training with the kids, just so it's ah, uh, so it's fair. T- yeah, so it's okay. fair. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, we cut to New Asgard. Gore shows up. There's some monsters attacking the town. Thor arrives, starts fighting, and he finds that there's another Thor, and it's Jane. Um, can we talk about the creature design? Do you guys know how the creatures, the shadow creatures, got their design? No. Taika was trying to figure out what kind of creatures Gore would create. And his kid came in and said, like, well, what do you want it to look like? He goes, I don't know. Draw something. His daughter drew something. And then he said, holy shit, I should have everyone's kids draw something. That's so awesome. cast and crew's oh, kids awesome. drew monsters. And then they had the five houses develop monsters for them. The different uh, graphics houses that's awesome. develop these monsters to become black and white creatures that is so cool and, and like i said intentional or not they have a symbiote like vibe yeah to them kind they're, of they're sort of you know writhing uh, tentacly yeah spider mm. arms but not really a spider and you know they sort of creep like a shadow yeah i don't know it's a, it's a good way to be like we're not saying that's what it is but if this ever happens that's what they were so there there are layers to this movie and every time because i tried to figure out like why why is this movie not the thing that i wanted it to be which is the gore versus thor millennia right. long saga it's because this movie is about children and it's about children surviving through chaos or whatever and like relationships right. surviving Legacy. through yeah like and that's not what we wanted from this movie. We as the general Marvel movie viewing public, which I don't think is, I don't think that the viewers are right. I think that this movie stands for what he wanted it to be, which is a movie for kids. I, th- I think you'll encourage to be brave. I think the the themes and all the kids stuff is great. It's, I, I mean, the, the, the screenplay is messy and it, yeah. But it's one of the most relatable villains, and their their plot is really, you know, like mm. uh, again, he wasn't even as upset that he didn't get an eternal reward, but his idea was like, what could she have possibly done? How could she have angered the gods to not be able to be here? And you know, like even my, you know, Thanos is like uh, the half of you. Why not multiply the resources, Thanos? No, no fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> But this one's like, yeah, man, that's a reason to pick up a sword. Yeah. Kyle, 
Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. More so than love. It's always love. And it's just like, will you die for me? No, bitch. I love you. No, I will not die for you. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen that video? Um, it's I have no idea. It's like probably 10 years old at this point. But um, I, I see it go around the Internet once in a while or like there's like uh, some guys in masks and they have a family hostage and they give a gun to the like the mom and there's two kids. And she's, they're like, choose one, choose one, shoot one of them. You have to shoot one of your kids. And they're like screaming at her. And she finally just ah, like pulls the trigger at one. And there's nothing. And they're like, all right, kids. Now, you know, which one of you, your mom loves best. <laughs> they didn't love me. <laughs> That's fucked up. For the rest of your life, you knew your mom was gonna. Yeah, and the one yeah. kid's like, "Were you gonna shoot me, mom?" Of course not. And, aim above your head. And the dad, like, there's a second, and the dad's like, "Well, kids, do you want to get Domino's or that other place we go to?" <laughs> uh, so all right, um. Yeah, so Thor finds Jane is also a Thor. Um, he's confused. We get a flashback with some more Korg voiceover, a montage of their relationship. Um, we see that they eventually break up due to both being too busy and growing apart. An important plot point that uh, uh, just went by so briefly, um, Thor tells Mjolnir to always protect her. Yeah. Yeah. Like after after their, after their Halloween party, which is what leads to her being able to be pick up Mjolnir and all of that, yeah. and that yeah. it will help her give her strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um the sentience of his weapons in this movie is hilarious. Right down to pouring a beer on Stormbreaker. Like, yeah. Just, well, like the the, the yeah, there's a, a humming because I had the titles on. So like it said like metallic humming. Like Stormbreaker liked it. You know <laughs> that that one scene where Thor is like talking to Mjolnir or something, and Stormbreaker just comes from off screen yeah. very slowly <laughs> up to just him. Hilarious to yeah. He's a little jealous, but then also, you know, like Mrs. Mjolnir. Yeah. I think an interesting thing here is when they, um, when Thor and Jane talk, um, Jane says, it's been what, three, four years? And Thor's like, makes the joke, eight years, six months, seven days. That Does that indicate that she was blipped? Because it's exactly five years, not exactly, but basically five years more. Than she thought in her than mind. Than she had thought. Yeah. Th- that's that how I sense. interpreted that. Yeah. The five-year yeah. gap is is pretty obvious in this world. But, but just one last point about the, the weapons. Like, I just love that he, Taika, established so quickly that, like, you could buy a buddy movie. Like, that's how good Thor is. Like, just Thor and Stormbreaker. Like Stormbreaker can't speak, you know, so it's like a Turner and Hooch situation. It's just like you could buy that. You could buy that. Yeah, you can. I love how they dynamic. It's an X. They set this up on the first planet after the Guardians leave. Korg says, just you and me. And that's crazy bloody axe as the axe comes flying past them. It's the crazy, it's the crazy ex-girlfriend kind of thing. Like, and your crazy girlfriend's got to come, I guess. Right. Your friend tolerates her. Well, and, uh, what's her name? Um, Valkyrie doesn't trust the axe. Crazy axe. Everybody thinks the axe is crazy. Everybody knows it except for Thor. 
Yeah. It's got a little Groot in him, too. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, he does. When he sticks it in the ground, it starts growing. Yeah. Well, and the handle was made from Groot's arm. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I wonder if it could become a full Groot, like, you know, like, uh-huh. like new Groot became after old, because there was only just, you know, that's right. Buds they left of, of old Groot. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, uh, at back, uh, yeah, so Thor, Jane, Valkyrie, and Korg um, fight Gore. Um, Gore kidnaps the Asgardian children and escapes. Uh, it becomes morning. There's a town meeting. Thor and uh, Valkyrie and Jane and Gore get contacted by Axel, a Heimdall's son who has the Heimdall powers. I hope he can see better than Heimdall could, who was the blindest person who ever saw everything. Saw into the future, yeah. How did you get snuck up on so many fucking times, Heimdall? Yeah. Um. Uh, this this is after uh, Thor tries to bifrost through the the roof of Town Hall. Yeah, and uh, we find out that the bifrost uh, Stormbreaker's bifrost is a little janky. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, Thor visits the kids as a vision ghost. They're all in a space cage. <laughs> space cage. Um. Yeah. He promises the kids that he's going to rescue them. Um, he realizes they're in the center of the galaxy near the Shadow Realms. The space cage drove me crazy. They, it's it's very like uh, labyrinth looking. Yeah, you know? it is. It's, <laughs> yeah. I like that it is a physical thing. I just wish that we could have seen what it was on, how it was moving. Give me a small drop of world explanation about how this thing is moving from one side of the galaxy to the other. It just moved through the shadows with Gore. Yeah. The shadows. And how the shadow realm was weird. You know, like the, the goats hit the planet head on. Because it's a lot it just smaller become... than it looks. Yeah. From that. That's angle. one of my well, and favorite it has strange, shots. It, it's not in one of our dimensions. And I don't mean yeah. like multiverse dimension. I mean 3D. It's 4D, in the shadow but... realm. Yeah. Like, That's like a, a little prince. Yes, like kinda, the little prince. Yeah, kind of planet. Yeah, they absolutely. call it the moon of shame. Uh, on, <laughs> of on shame. set, on like the set design and everything. That's what they were describing. How did it Pink as. Floyd miss that moon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I guess, I guess everybody just gets to breathe in space when you're a god or related to the gods. Shadow realm. But Al's right. It's a different... Well, I mean that, but also when Thor, Jane, and Valkyrie are flying on that boat, I guess there's a force field or they can all just breathe in space. They can just breathe in space. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thor Um, can breathe in space. Yeah, He's done it before. Yeah, Yeah. I guess... He's flown with a hammer through space. Yeah, and then they found him in space. And the space goats obviously have no problem. Asgard doesn't really have an atmosphere that we can see. Then again, Natalie Portman could breathe in Asgard when she went. Yeah. So maybe they gave her a force Mjolnir. field. I think Mjolnir is what's helping her. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. that Korg has lungs. Yeah. Valkyrie yeah. is Asgardian, so she doesn't count. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. Yeah. Whatever is it, the. Yeah. So anyways, uh, back in New Asgard, they uh, decide they're going to need backup. So they're going to go to Omnipotent City. 
to warn the other gods and ask for their help in creating an army to fight Gore. They hook Stormbreaker up to a ship with the goats to travel there, since the Bifrost, as Al said, is kind of janky. Uh, we get some tension with Thor, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. Then Jane tells Thor that she about Mjolnir calling to her and made her a Thor. We discover, though, that anytime she unthors herself, she's sicker than ever. I appreciate that they um, they put in that the the Bifrost is what um, gets you to Omnipotent City. Because, like, if they didn't have that one little bit, then it's just like, how is this hidden away? Mm-hmm. You know, like, you just have to travel to it. So yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> that the little scene with them. <sighs> I, I had trouble deciding whether this passes the Bechdel test, because every time that uh, Jane Foster and. uh uh. Val. Val talked. They did mention Thor. There was not a single time they didn't mention Thor. And those were the only two female characters that spoke to each other. Well, the the conversation, uh, uh, I mean, about the cancer, uh, you know, it then went to, you know. Talking about are, are Thor. You, talking about Thor, but then, like, just talking about their weapons. And then she pulls out the, the Bluetooth speaker. And they and, listen and they, to Mary J. Blige. Jam for a what little about, bit. They decide that there should I, be no hateration in um, this dancery. Darcy and Jane's <laughs> first conversation. Say, oh, then Darcy again, they talk about Viking space magic. It's time to play right, Viking, Viking space, space card. Magic. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It was weird because, you know, obviously Valkyrie's bisexual, but it, yeah, they, that, they're having a conversation. And not only are they talking about Thor, but kind of about his dick. Yeah. You know, Val's like, oh, no hurry. Putting his clothes back on kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, so you're right. You know, it's like, that, it's that, so close. That feels like a Michael Bay moment and not a very progressive take. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're I mean, right. Yeah. It's all, it's all so close to passing the Bechdel test, but just every single time they have to mention Thor that they're talking. Well, um, uh when after the the cancer scene with the sink um uh i'm not i know this conversation goes into thor eventually but she's talking uh valkyrie is talking about uh being the king and mm-hmm. just like you know it's all meetings and raven mail and a meeting that could have been a raven mail yeah. <laughs> you know, so they are having a conversation that's true apart from thor even though it eventually they eventually start talking about Thor, but they do have they do talk, talk about things that aren't. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's there's an argument to be made. I guess either way, it's very very on the edge. Um, never know me. Uh, so, anyways, they arrive in Omnipotent City. They sneak in uh, by becoming color gods or dressing up as color gods. This Was that an homage to uh, Inside Out? The oh. colors of the, the emotion gods, yeah, being yeah. different colors, yeah, maybe. Um, there, <gasps> this, this, this shot where they're walking into Omnipotent City. If you guys watch Valkyrie in the background, she was not on set <laughs> with, <laughs> with, um, uh, with, with Chris Hemsworth and, uh, uh, uh what's her face? 
uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Thank you. Yeah. She was not on the same set as them because she is so just like doing like that extra thing where she's like nodding and going, making a concerned looks. Mm, mm, yeah. Like <laughs> so CGI'd in. Um, so yeah, they sneak in. Uh, Zeus unflicks away uh, Thor's robes after uh, he come. They come to his attention. Uh, Thor tells them about that he wants them to help with Gore. Zeus is unwilling to help. He says they can remain safe and hidden from Gore in the city. He doesn't think Gore is going to be able to visit the realm of eternity. Uh, where he'll be granted one wish, which they all presume is going to be to destroy the gods. Zeus orders the groups to be captured to prevent them from exposing the city's location to Gore. But when Zeus injures Korg, it enrages Thor, and he takes control of Zeus's thunderbolt and stabs him. Valkyrie takes the thunderbolt when they escape. A stab is a... A weak word. Yeah, he impa- it goes all the way through him. Center, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that was cool that he was able to catch Thunderbolt and toss it back at him. It's interesting uh, how little respect the Asgardians seem to have from the rest of the gods, considering how badass they fucking are. Yeah. Yeah, I hope that they flesh out more of the world of the gods in a future property to explain why they look down on Odin or whatever. I think they're going to have to explain some shit with Kang. Especially if they talk, if they allow the Ramatut character to happen, you mm. know, like they're going to have to get into gods because Kang was worshipped as a god. Right. There is, there, the, the rumor is currently that, um, that, uh, Moon Knight is going to be part of the Kang, Avengers Kang dynasty. So, mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, uh, let's see. They, Travel via goat boat towards the Shadow Realm. This might be one of the coolest needle drops in the whole freaking MCU. And I am not a Guns N' Roses fan. The screaming goats in the distance. Oh, did we talk about Korg's face being the living thing? Yeah. Also, (laughs) the weird first first person point of view from the back of Valkyrie's head. I I love those shots. There's a lot of these weird uh, POV shots. Mm-hmm. There's this one. Uh, there's one later on with the kids, uh, the kid with the laser-eyed rabbit. Um, oh, right, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I like that Taika went that direction with it. And then, but the entry of the boats into Omnipotent City is a crazy moment. I remember seeing this in the theater and thinking, okay, now it's happening. Now we're at Ragnarok levels of like this firing on all pistons. Right. Yeah. No, all four GNR needle drops are pretty fucking awesome. At the beginning, we get um, Welcome to the Jungle. When they're going into Omnipotent oh. City, we get um, Paradise City. The goats, we've got Sweet Child of Mine. Um, and then and the at Shadow the end, Battle. The bad, November that, Rain that fucking solo. Needle drop is badass as somebody. fuck. Yeah. Everybody needs someone. No, yeah. it, it sent me down that the GNR rabbit hole. I forgot how much I dug that band. This is the most I've ever appreciated the band, for sure. I I was I I was pretty big into them in middle school and early oh, high school, but yeah. Yeah. No, I I still like them. Yeah. Um, um 
No, I can't remember what it is. So, uh, yeah, anyway, so on the way. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I even got excited when the boat went past the two Celestials. Oh, yeah. That's outside right. the window. Yeah. In. Yeah. I love that they're just like kind of looky lose. Right. Especially they after being established inside. as like they were intense in Eternals. Well, they, they wouldn't fit inside, so they just yeah. have to look in through the window. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, on the way to the Shadow Realms, Thor and Jane see some space dolphins. They do some talking. Thor tells Jane he wants to feel shitty with her. And she says she has cancer. Um, yep. Yeah, I, I, I like this. I feel like I feel like the like, like I understand 100 percent what. The the what uh, Taika was going for in this conversation, I feel like they only got 75 percent of the way to pulling it off. In that like rom com awkward rom com y kind of way where they say the wrong thing to each other constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I, this scene went on way too long, personally. Yeah. I did like the, you know, and and I think that this is probably very, very true for cancer patients, but you know, like don't feel sorry for me. Yeah. Like that's why I didn't tell you because I don't want your fucking pity. Like I I am Dr. Jane Foster. And at the moment, I'm mighty thought, you know, like, yeah, don't feel bad for me. I love that. I mean, that, that yeah. that's a lot of power and agency, you know. Yeah. For any character. Well, <laughs> I, so um, doing a lot of the work for uh, as uh, Mighty Thor for Natalie Portman is <laughs> the blonde wig that she's wearing that whole time. There were a few times when I thought I could see it shifting when she was running around. <sighs> um. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they kiss. <laughs> the Thor's kiss. So she got <laughs> buff for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her biceps are. But yeah. she also had to look like a cancer patient. Yeah. So, like, I, uh, I had yeah. trouble wrapping my head around the time frame. Like, did she get buff first, and then she lost a lot, a bunch of weight? I. Good point. I vice versa. I think she got buff. And then they CG'd her look a little bit skinnier with makeup yeah. and CGI hmm. for the cancer okay. stuff. I'll buy that. Uh, she, I, I watched some of the like, what, what do they call those? The assembled. Um, oh yes, behind yeah. the scenes things. So short. She, yeah, she's been in a number of action movies and had never received any action training. This is the first oh, time. Wow. Uh, she also made a comment that I thought was interesting: that women in movies generally train to appear small. And this right. is the first time she ever trained to get bigger. Right. Which has got to be a cool, empowering thing, you know? Yeah. Considering what a badass she is. She's yeah. been a badass since she was a teenager, you know? Since the professional, which has. Some yeah. Problems. But, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does. But, yeah. but even her, you know, uh, her video with Andy Sandberg where she's like gangster rapper. Yes. I love it. awesome. <laughs> Sit uh, right down on your face and take a shit. <laughs> I love that song so much. Both versions. Yes. Oh God, I love the lonely, lonely island rap video so much. <laughs> Throw it on the motherfucking ground. <laughs> uh. So. Uh. So. Anyways, they arrive at the shadow realm. They can't find the kids, but Jane sees some drawings that depict Thor's battle axe, Stormbreaker, as a way okay. to summon the Bifrost. This building? 
this tent. This, <laughs> did yeah. Gore make the tent? We never see it from the outside. Is this in the ground? It's unclear. Is this on the surface of the moon of shame? It's 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 physical space seems to be very flu- like it seems to fluctuate and be weird. It's flapping in the wind. It's yeah. made out of canvas. There are refrigerator clear what do they call those the the things you walk through to go to a a, a walk-in cooler. <laughs> yeah, the little flaps. There's like weird metallic squares for the first curtain. It's just all curtains. Uh, this this is an old research station. Is this on the surface or is this under the ground? And if it's under the ground, why is it flapping in the wind? I have so many questions about the physical space this place takes up. I, I think it doesn't. I think it's part of the shadow realm thing where it doesn't yeah. doesn't take up physical space at nebulous, all. Nebulous. Nebulous. Yeah. yeah. It's just weird because there's a lot of like practical objects in there There like yeah like when she's looking there's like papers on the wall like i like that there are papers on the wall it's like the you find the serial killers right the charlie day yeah like investigation (laughs) board yes (laughs) and and it and it gave us the quick answer to to zeus's kind of cryptic oh he doesn't have the key and then she realizes like oh shit you have the key we brought it with us Mm-hmm. Again, this movie is for, it out. I love that. This movie Doesn't is for kids. Word. It's a kid mystery. You know, this is not an adult-sized mystery. True. The, yeah. And the way that they reveal it is a kid-friendly mystery. Yeah. Because if I was 13, I'd have thought like, oh, whoa, that's so cool. And they brought it with them. What a mistake. Mm-hmm. Right. As an adult, I'm more cynical, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As an adult, it's like, well, isn't that convenient? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, <laughs> As an adult, I'm like. I think I have to pay the electric bills. Yeah. <laughs> As an adult, I'm like, I'm glad this is under two hours because I can't hold my pee that long anymore. <laughs> I have things to do. Uh, so, um, sh- yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Natalie Portman throws Stormbreaker away to prevent Gore from getting it. Gore overpowers the group and he's going to kill Jane. He forces Thor to summon it back. Gore does steal Stormbreaker right as they summon the Rainbow Bridge and head back to New Asgard. So that scene where they are in the black room with the tentacles and everybody's getting choked and then not choked so they can talk and then choked again and then he's like <laughs> breathing in their mouths. Why do you have such a mouths. hard time with the Shadow <laughs> I, this, no, And it's not so much like this I get. This room, it's a dark room. They're all tied to the walls that oh. kind of thing that I understand this scene went on so long it did it this really scene did. and the, the boat scenes. yeah go on way too long like uh, you could have cut three minutes out of each of these and given Gore or Natalie Portman the additional seven minutes they needed well, absolutely they're yeah, noticeable to, like, because of how short the other scenes are so, yeah absolutely he had to he had to talk to everybody and personally taunt them he had to breathe yeah. their air yeah. For way too long. <laughs> way up close. I'll Ugh. summon the Bifrost when you summon a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, but just like like uh, like to Val, did you pray to the gods when your sisters were dying? Uh, right. Then to Jane, the gods will use you, but they will not help you. So right. you know, he just had individual comments for everybody. My my I'm question about this, anything, be- be- because we didn't get a lot of time establishing Gore traveling the universe going on a classic gore adventure. Um, 
I wish that we had seen him acquiring knowledge. Like, how does he know about Natalie Portman? How does he know about the, you're a Valkyrie? Like, do they teach you about that on that desert planet that's where a, you almost, I was just going to say, that's yeah. a great point. Cause there's like, no real civilization on this planet. So obviously it, his kid was homeschooled. Yeah. <laughs> did he find a book in space about That's the Valkyrie the and Asgardian history? Like, how You're did right. he know? Maybe the Necrosword? How did he know the Asgards on Desert School? Like, I would have we loved all for the, the Necrosword to talk to him again. Yeah. You know, no like, because it's, it's whispering to him, like, it does whisper to revenge, him. But it only whispers to him, and then he gets it, and he kills Rapu, and then... It's a good point. Then, then we're off. I'm sure there was. So some. I'm sure there. I'm. I would not be surprised if footage like that existed. Yeah, I. I just feel like him having a Willem Dafoe moment with the sword would have been helpful. Like if you go to New Asgard, (laughs) there are children there. (laughs) Where it's like this is the whole plan. If you run into the Valkyrie, they're formidable opponents. Like having the the sword sword. tell him. He's got the sword propped up on a chair. You <laughs> smashes it on a dumpster. Uh, so yeah, they head back to uh, New Asgard where Jane collapses. Um, uh, there, Thor uh, discovers that uh, Jane's body <laughs> that <laughs> that Mjolnir is sucking her life force. <laughs> um, Jane she's is, dying of sadness. Yeah, she's right. But like Al's little the point that he yeah, if they had just said that that it 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 clears your body of the the radiation. You know, chemo's intense evasive chemical therapy. Yeah. That makes so much sense that the it would and burn that ham- out of you. The hammer purges your body of all toxins. Yeah, makes it so purifies much purifies you. Yeah. They're yeah. like it's sucking your life force, which works. You know, it works yeah. in these terms, but it's like God, the other explanation it's, would have taken just as long. It's cool that the comics uh, are so on point, even when they're talking about magical things, uh, so right. on point to explain the science. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway. They, they they connect the dots with the made-up science every time. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one part, yeah, where this movie struggles. Because mm. it could just use one or two lines, and we'd be so much further ahead of the Yeah, movie. like you said, where did he acquire his knowledge if it was the necrosword fine because we do know it whispers to him but just would have helped instead of you know because I'll, I'll bet it was written in that we saw gore go after different oh yeah i mean uh, there's a there's a beings a moment oh, in yeah. the behind the scenes where christian bale says there's a lot of stuff where i think we went too far that definitely just didn't make it into the movie mm-hmm. because i think we made it we went too far with the scariness um, right. There's, yeah, the, Taika Waititi famously has said he doesn't believe in director's cuts, but I'd really like to see the two and a half hour cut of this movie that was, you know. I would love, yeah, the I epic mean, story of gore. Because killing Butcher three or four other designation. Gods. It's not just like Killer or Gore the Maniac or, you know, a Butcher. Mm-hmm. Butcher cuts doesn't just it's kill, methodical. You know, kill. It, yeah, it's methodical. Cuts it up pieces. Mm-hmm. I do love so. Okay, so it's it's a little obscured because of the blood being golden, but how bloody 
that scene in Omnipotent City actually is with the work. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a point, even when they get back to New Asgard, Val is still covered in God blood. Like, right. <laughs> it was yeah, a cool Thor, choice. Thor's got some God blood on him still. Too. Yeah. It's, it's not unlike uh, Wanda killing all the Ultron drones and being covered in oil, oil. Yeah. instead of blood. Mm hmm. Good point. Yeah. So, all right. Um, it goes back to the Hitchcock Hershey syrup, you know, like yep. there were colorized films <laughs> for 30 years. Yep. I just love it. Yeah. So, uh, Thor uh, convinces Jane to stay there in the hospital um, so that she can survive, so he can come back and they'll find her a cure. He goes back to, uh, he travels. Valkyrie's to- lost a kidney. Yes. That's why yeah. she can't go. Yeah. Just low-key cash. Yeah, I'd go with you, but I'd probably die. I just lost the kidney. <laughs> Fucking walked it off like a soccer injury. <laughs> okay, so here's an unanswered <laughs> question. We're back on the planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're dropping off your girlfriend, your mm-hmm. best fighting pal. In New Mexico. From New Mexico. <laughs> why not just go get Bruce? Hmm. You know, why not just go get the little tiny ant man? Why not go get Rhodey? Yeah. Or the bet, bow and arrow yeah. guy with the mohawk. <laughs> yeah, can you know? gamma radiation kill cancer? I bet. Oh, I'm well, no, not no, even but to go fight the, Gore. To go fight Gore. He's like, oh, I'm gonna right. go get the kids and kill him myself. Like, you know that's not gonna work. I think it's the discussion we had with Wanda. They're just scattered, they're disparate, you know. They but don't I, think about I it. I assume that the two the two galaxies. particularly Bruce and him keep in touch because they have yes. so much of a bond since the last movie. And it would have been really fun and fucking crazy for it's true. And we that do to have, have been that- part of the movie. Yeah, we do have clues that Bruce has been keeping track of things. Yeah, yeah, I, almost in a way that Nat did. I absolutely believe that Thor would be able to find Bruce within yeah minutes or di- hours, or he could say the words, "Hey, Doctor Strange, will you help me?" And Doctor Strange will magically appear. The matter for the gods. Yeah, you know? that's true. It is a god problem. He doesn't. He didn't even want Jane going. Why didn't he call Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> to be his co-pilot Buddha, Satan, anybody <laughs> To be his co-pilot <laughs> Goes and gets the Pope Brings him with him like, you, <laughs> you speak for God, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm That's assembling a team under. Putting together a team I want Vin Diesel, the Pope <laughs> The Pope is like Consider this your bris Like, That's Jewish <laughs> That's Jewish yeah, You're God. assembling a fantasy superhero league yeah, I mean, the there's Pope. a lot of superheroes on Earth. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you're like, right. We're back on Earth before he leaves to go to the center of the universe. I mean, I think that's just, you know, it's a unthought about element that is like the comic books. You know, yeah. what are other people doing? Yeah. But I also think it's, you know, he could have called the Guardians as well. But I, it's a matter for the gods. He doesn't want the anyone dead. Okay. Like I said, he doesn't even want Jane to go. And it's the cancer, but it's also the like. You don't have it in you. Like a, a god has to kill this guy. Yeah, he is a god killing machine himself, Thor. Right. Zeus, Zeus told yeah, him in sure. you know, Omnipotent City, Asgardian problems are Asgardian problems. And he might have taken that to heart. 
that's been the whole universe's attitude. I think Thoreau said it earlier. Like they'd get shit on a lot, but that's been the going. Like that's your problem. Well, <laughs> that's well your problem. Zeus's point was like, I, I'm a Greek god. I take care of the Greeks. Right. Yeah. We yeah. we have our own thing. We we have our own place. We have our own people. Any our economy that we, don't, that we don't take care of. <laughs> the economy is in shambles. Yeah. Yeah. The economy. <laughs> <laughs> Once we created democracy, we sort of coasted. Um, <laughs> what a, but it's in response to the children thing. So it's not even response to Gore. Gore is everyone's problem, but they're like, he stole the next generation of Asgardians. Well, that's your problem. Mm. Make more. <laughs> that's the Trump plan. Um, but I love that they're there to talk about the orgy. <laughs> I yeah. might have stepped away from that, but it's yeah. just great. That's the meeting. <laughs> Uh, so, so Thor goes back to Eternity's Herogasm to Eternity's altar where he finds Gore using Stormbreaker to open the doorway to Eternity. Using Zeus's Thunderbolt, he imbues the children for a limited time only with the power of Thor to fight his monsters while he battles Gore. And here's where we get the November rain needle drop. It works. You are muted. There's that one little girl that just has the fairy uh, wand. Like so, a, which was adorable. Each, each of the kids rabbit has their object. And people have said, like, well, how come Thor didn't do this before in earlier movies? Thor never the had Zeus's lightning bolt. That's right. It was he the was combination. It. it was that and Stormbreaker. Yeah. He just had yeah. that power. Yeah. Because Zeus can do that. Obviously, it, Zeus is a powerful, he's more than. Yeah. Then you're, you can't you know, kill him, obviously, guy. Or not that easily. Odin could do that. Odin could do that, I bet, yeah. Yeah, well, and now Thor, the Odin force lives in Thor, I guess, if we're but getting... Zeus even mentions Odin, you know, since Odin died. Like, you could tell that that also made them losers, you know, like, the leader of your gods died, so, yeah. you know, fuck, fuck you guys, you know, you're not that... <laughs> do you think Zeus badass. was like, he was always getting sleepy and shit? <laughs> That's actually that's an interesting <laughs> angle for them to approach. Fava beans. Did their nice relationship dance. is that Did, the other gods don't have those cycles, whereas right. the Asgardians have that Ragnarok cycle of death and rebirth. Right. Did Odin die gods. of sadness? It seems like it. <laughs> it right? kind of seemed like it. Yeah, because he wasn't killed in battle. He was just like, I'm out. I've he was just like, I'm going staring. to turn into glitter. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, no, he was, yeah, they set a timer. They set an egg timer and it went off, I guess. I mean, that's just kind the of, cycle. Kind of like, that's kind of it, yeah. Kind of like the Sam Neill version in the play was. He was kind of like, it is, it's like, it's time for me to go. I'm turning into glitter. And by the way, your sister's the goddess of death. And yeah. I could, and it was my existence that kept her locked away. <laughs> Goodbye. Well, why not yeah. have a backup plan? Why not, like, and, and now tie that, that spell to Thor's life. Yeah, and even though he seems sort of mimbo-y sometimes, he's an educated guy. Like, yeah, oh, he's smarter than classes. most humans. He can, yeah, he could speak brute. He could, you know, yeah. like he he took a lot of classes. Um, so yeah, it's funny that he didn't know that the goddess of death was trapped under Asgard and wouldn't be released when his dad dies. <laughs> like it's like the Hemdall thing. Just like, just one passing conversation would have helped all of us a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, they uh, they fight. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Jane senses that Gore's going to kill Thor. Gore's getting the drop on him. 
So she joins the battle with Mjolnir to save him. They destroy the Necro Sword, freeing Gore from its influence. But then the three of them are brought into Eternity's realm, and the kids rainbow bridged back to uh, Earth. I like how they destroyed the sword. Because it wasn't just her showing up and fighting at Thor's side and they defeat him. If he hadn't shown up, or if she hadn't shown up, there would have been no way to destroy the sword. Right. Right. Uh, So Mjolnir shatters it, but then um, Gore is able to call the hilt and then the pieces are coming back to the hilt. Shadow, yeah. But she, um, she wraps it up in the shards of Mjolnir and then destroys Mjolnir mm-hmm. right to destroy the the pieces within or just hammers it really hard on the ground I don't think she destroyed Mjolnir because we, we see oh, him yeah. again because yes Mjolnir does come back yeah yeah um I uh, oh sorry. go ahead through we're not there yet oh. oh yeah so all right um they are in eternity Gore's about to make his wish Thor suggests to Gore that he brings back his daughter <laughs> instead of destroying all the gods um, he that's goes, what you really want, right? Yeah, right. Thor choose love instead of death. Uh, Thor leaves Gore to uh, make his decision and spend his last moments with Jane, who dies of cancering. She cancers out. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a very. I mean, what's the and she turns into glitter? Yes. Yep. Yeah, she glitters God, away. Godly star well, And they said all the things they needed to say to each other before she dies. So now right. Thor is like intact emotionally, yeah. finally, I guess. I mean, I guess for the first time ever, because in the first Thor movie, he was a petulant child. And then he was mm-hmm. into Jane, but still trying to figure out the shit with his family. And then he was a destroyed man. And then he's finally put back together. Yeah. Yep. I. Uh, if that had not been the case, it would have been really lame for her to die saying, I love you. I love you to each right. other mm-hmm. in his arms. But yeah. since this is the fourth movie, like it was almost overdue, which is cool. Yeah. They, this, I, we've all said it before, but the Thor's arc throughout the MCU is, I think, the single most satisfying character thing the MCU did, period. He literally goes through each stage of grief. Like, yeah. Textbook psychological. You know, yes, it's it's incredible. And I like that, you know, I'm not a parent, but, you know, you, you can't really be sad and depressed, right? You don't have that luxury, you know, grief. Without children around, you can take the time to grieve, be in your Lebowski robe and all that shit. But he has her now. Mm-hmm. He can't, even though they reconciled before Jane died, he can't even really mourn her because... He's got a kid. It does not matter how you feel. Every day you have to get up and get that kid dressed and feed them. Right. Every fucking day. You have to live. So he's living for her like Thor did. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty. It's it's funny that you point out dressing and feeding because that's what that is the role that he has. Yeah. He's literally telling her to put shoes on and eat the way that that scene is what made me know that like parents made this film because that is that is it doesn't matter what you did what you're feeling what's happening inside you you it doesn't fucking matter you lost you dressed and you like you had a shitty night you and your spouse got in a big fight none of that fucking matters you dress them you feed them you get them to school you 
put them in front of front of fucking dinosaur train for an hour. Like you, you take care of. Yeah, kids. you don't have the the luxury. Yeah, of being introspective. The uh, the breakfast scene. Um, he serves her pan flaps, and she says, "I don't think I like pan flaps." And I immediately thought of that uh, Hellboy story about yeah. the pan the pancakes. Yeah. Um, it, I I swear they borrowed that. They must have been yeah must have read that but that is the biggest kid bullshit thing ever i don't like this food really you liked it yesterday right or you haven't had it yet yeah exactly Um, i don't don't think i yeah i don't think i like it i've never had it right you don't know you little (laughs) idiot um it's delicious (laughs) but uh andrea pointed something out just like we learned in the movie face off if you want your mortal enemy to raise your child, it just takes a knowing look. It does. <laughs> your mortal enemy. Hand. Yeah. <laughs> Not your friend. That 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 makes sense. For your mortal I, enemy to raise your child. <laughs> I will say Christian Bale deserves some credit for that though because that in that moment he mm-hmm. acts it really well. Yeah. You know, absolutely. to like take care of her and you just get the the nod. Mm -hmm. because they could have really overdone that that could have been super overcooked and like thank you for changing my mind and oh she's isn't she incredible like no nobody needs to know that Mm -hmm. like save that for the next movie yeah all right yeah and just subtly realizing that all of his vengeance didn't serve his daughter yeah you know like sacrificing yeah yeah so anyways he uh his daughter comes back Gore dies, um, and we get an end-of-movie denouement montage narrated by Korg. The children are in New Asgard. Valkyrie and Sif are training them. There's a monument to Jane built there. Thor adopts the child. Uh, they travel the galaxy, eating pan flaps. Thor wields Mjolnir. She real, wields Stormbreaker. We can see she has powers, superpowers. Assume she... She shoots purple lasers from her eyes. She's yeah, and those little like tattoos appear, or those little like they're they're scar tattoos. Yeah, the same markings. Or had yeah, yeah. Um, people or something. Did we comment on her uh, reflection in the eternity chamber, no, or whatever space comment. that was when yeah. she when she approaches Gore? She is reflecting the stars that eternity had embodied oh. within them. So she is yeah. technically. Born of Eternity of is how they described yeah. it. Um, yeah. So the young yeah, it'll Avengers be are going to be something. They're going to yeah, it's going to be bonkers, man. Having yeah, this these kid, are powerful beings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fingers crossed, the the two Maximoff kids too. Right. Like yeah. if we get a full um, roster, it'll Ms. be really fun. Ms. Marvel, Mal. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> they're already so much more powerful than Kang. Absolutely. Minus crossbow and sneaky girl. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it will be very fun. There will be the adults on the team and Hulk's. Oh Hulk's yeah, son, I don't know. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, Hulk his Hulk. fucking Which haircut. Hulkling, in that no, Hulkling was not related to Hulk in any way. That's right. Yeah, or what? No, Hulk is, is Cho's kid. Helen Cho's kid, right? He had maybe wings and everything, didn't he? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different Hulkling. Anyway, this is Scar. Yeah, the, yeah, Scar is different from because I'm thinking Hulk's of Helen like Cho son, from like Hulk Age of Ultron. Well, had, Hulk had banged a lot of Sicarian women. Who <laughs> yeah, I like to believe. So when uh, Love and Thunder uh, joined the battle, I I loved that Thor gives 
the tiny child, the giant axe. Yeah. Stormbreaker. <laughs> he loves me. Like, yeah, he loves well, Mjolnir. You uh, have to be worthy of wielding Mjolnir. And that's that's the question we'll get for this uh, kid. Because yeah. if she starts worthy, she has to stay worthy. Yeah. If she doesn't get it at some point, she'll have to wield it to prove that she's worthy. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. But, but you're right, because Stormbreaker is a little wonky. Um, yeah. Because he was created whole cloth, whereas Mjolnir. But it's almost as big as she is. I know. I, love, I, know. I love so it. It's so cute. It's so cute. And so, yes, so pr- presumably she also has super strength. She can jump like Thor. Like, yeah. She's and I love the like Western moment where they're like high on a ridge, you know, like which ones? Yeah. Well, those and are I the like nice the, ones. Those are the, you know, how black and white, but still the, fun. The one bedroom apartment opens up. Yeah. And you realize yeah. it's a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like Ooh. you think like, where are they living? Huh? That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's still a guardian of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Just flying around, having adventures, him loving thunder. Love and thunder. I hope that they arrive together the next time we see Thor. Absolutely. If so. they, yeah, if they, they skirt have, around right? the existence yeah. of this kid, she's with be the really... babysitter. Did yeah. We, did we get a Thor right. will return? They're the really close. This? Yes, it did say uh, Thor will. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> what? They're really close. I mean, it's uh, Chris's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be e- It'll, easy to make. She'll sure be easy there. to sign. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if she, that if she continues to play. Oh, definitely in, not going to continue it, playing that role. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? She'll be aged up to a teenager and by the next time we see her, That's I'm sure. true. Uh, we're on our third Cassie Lang, so. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Uh, in a mid credit sequence back in Omnipotent City, Zeus, uh, we are in Japan, calls Hercules. Uh, yeah, Roy Kent <laughs> to kill Thor. Uh, he's here, he's there. He's, he's every, every fucking where. where, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, even in the comics, he was a formidable foe to Thor. Yeah. Um, and then in a post credit sequence, Jane arrives at Valhalla, welcomed by Heimdall. And again, Sif's arm is nowhere to be seen. So uh, I just realized this not too long ago uh within the course of this podcast um rapu's eternal reward was false but valhalla is real oh good point some gods are liars no no but that's that's for the gods no 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 No, jane was no it's any Mm. anybody who dies in battle yeah, Odin didn't or, die in well, battle and believes he wasn't in Valhalla when she got there, though. Maybe he's not there. Oh, no, so I guess yeah. The, the the Lord of their gods didn't make it to well, all. They'll probably chalk it up to he was in constant battle with Hela or some crap <laughs> with himself <laughs> over whether or not he should show up on set that day. <laughs> does does internal battle count? Yeah, I wonder. Right. <laughs> it's like I was trying to lose weight. Are are we going to get Heimdall back? Are we going to get Natalie Portman back? Are we going to get Anthony Hopkins back? Uh, that's my question from in, the, the existence com- of Valhalla. In the comics, uh, when uh, Jane died uh, in her last Thor adventure, um, she went to Valhalla and having earned Odin's respect, uh, was resurrected. Mm. Uh, later became a Valkyrie herself. Um, but... It- but- yeah, we could get Jane Foster back in the but it is quote, funny. real world. I mean, like Thoreau said, what are the gods? Because some heavenly places you can travel to and from. 
Yeah. But it doesn't seem like you can Valhalla. Like that's where you go. That's, that's like where you go be. when you're dead. But yeah, but also, also but other places not necessary. I, I, on a completely metal level, um, I got real Harrison Ford vibes from uh, Natalie Portman's appearance in this film. Like I'll show up, but I have to die, and then I don't have to do it again. Yeah, right. but also leaving the door open so. for the possibility of a return. I think. Yeah. Well, K- yes, Kang. Because it's a comic book movie. I mean, Kang can bring anyone back and send anyone the, away. The moment anyone said multiverse, everybody's on the table all the time, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that that was a uh, sort of an important thing about uh, Gore um, in the comics. Um, Thor had to use two Mjolnir's to destroy the the God Bomb uh, from two different universes from 616 and uh, 1610 um, so yeah like the multiverse is going on in this whole gore epic in the comics as well yeah it's going to be used to explain things from now on throws I mean right yeah what's the answer multiverse yeah exactly um, yeah that is the movie um, final thoughts I feel like we covered them for me personally. I I like this a lot, but I enjoyed it. I think if I had been 13 years old, this would have been my favorite movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Even with well, this came all when I was 13. Other, oh shit. Yeah. Every other Avengers movie had come out. This probably would have been my favorite thing at 13. You know, it carried on the fun. Yeah. Just I, the jokes. I remember, I remember before I saw it, uh, one of my coworkers uh, was saying, uh, "If if everything's a joke, then nothing's funny." Um, if which can be true. That's true. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. But ha- people with ab- cancer are hilarious. Then having watched this movie, it's like, <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of jokes, but not everything's a joke. This, no, it's not this all a joke. Is a serious movie. Yeah, it has. They gave a character cancer, and she died yeah. of cancer. And she died of that there cancer. There wasn't, yeah. there was no magic at the end. It's same with um, uh, T'Challa. He died of uh, natural causes mm-hmm. in that movie, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's not all a joke. No, it's but not. Thank you, Jennifer. Something hyphen. Something. I, I think I'm not generally for. <laughs> movies being longer, but I really do think that this movie suffered from from having to like cut it down to its bone and this isn't the only one i think in the last four mcu movies that has suffered from time restrictions Mm -hmm. yeah because i'd say the same thing about dr strange even even that last spider-man movie could have used another 10 minutes yeah i mean i i agree i don't mind the length of movies i understand from a stuffed suit executive point of view but I, yeah, I'm with you. Give give me more. I'm already in the seat. Yeah, just fucking give me some more. I mean, in what? Okay, I, I'm of a few minds because generally, like, I think a movie should like under two hours. Thank you. Fuck yes. Oh man, a hundred and ten no, minute movie is the perfect thing. But all, like, yeah, but also, I don't mind. But also, I'm I, I feel like at this point, this these aren't like this isn't a movie in the sense that like. 
it's 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 the ongoing adventures of this universe. It's basically serials. It's you know that's how I feel. It's like the Ant Man yeah. thing. Like I haven't seen it yet, but I know it sets up stuff. And maybe it's not the best one, but that's yeah. We're moving things along. We're in a, a universe. At this point, it's the stories <laughs> we're watching. Yeah. It. Right. Like our yeah, yeah is our it's the days of our lives for adults and children. Yeah. Well, or yeah, you're telling me John Wayne and Clint Eastwood didn't make the same fucking movie over oh, and well, over yeah. and over again. You it's, know, so you know what's up. interesting is I saw <laughs> is I saw recently a chart of the number of westerns made from the twenties through I mean the present, but um, it was really interesting to see its peak in the forties and its yeah. slow fall throughout the fifties and sixties into the seventies. I think superhero movies are are very have a very similar trajectory happening. Yeah, Be, you know because it's easily fantasized. It's easy, you know, that ma- celebrating that manifest destiny and that, that it's a weird form of patriotism. That's why they were yeah. so big post war. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I mean, I th- yeah. At this point, superhero movie is is a genre. It's not. Yes. It's not a kind of action movie. It's not a kind of of sci-fi movie it's a genre in and of itself and it's it's gonna follow Absolutely. the the same trajectory as other genres do of popularity we've, talk, we've talked about that many times because obviously these are films and not comic books but we have to talk about the comic books because it's like a western it has to fit in these conventions because that's the genre yeah. that it is you know like the, <laughs> if you're gonna have the delorean show up in stagecoach you, got, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You, you fit in the conventions of that genre, so you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's totally a genre. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes over the next 10 years um, and what eventually supplants it as the most popular form of film. And But you're right. Like Westerns, that manufactured sort of patriotism, sort of, you know, American exceptionalism. Yeah, he's Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, Superman. Yeah. Like, yeah, I care about everybody, but I really care about these guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, all right, you guys ready to rank it? Let's try. So we have Ragnarok at number nine. I like Ragnarok more, but that's just me. I agree. I think Ragnarok's a better movie, um, and I found it more satisfying in general. Um, I do appreciate the weirdness in this. This is a weirder movie than Ragnarok was, and it had single moments that I think were more interesting than some of the single moments in Ragnarok, but I I personally think Ragnarok was a much better movie. I do too. I like it around the two Guardian movies. Maybe it's because it has the Guardians, but it's that level of fun. doesn't take itself too seriously. It's like the Winter Soldier is a different kind of movie, you know. That's that's almost a Tom Clancy movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can see it in that area. I, 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 I definitely. I think anywhere between this from we have cat, we have Winter Soldier at twelve. We've got Far From Home at nineteen. Um. I think somewhere in that area is my personal range. That's mine as well. I say 13 or 15. That's my point. Bowing out. I can dig that. 
Al, thoughts? Um, wow. Uh, staring at those spy that that Spider-Man block. Uh, it's funny. We've got three blocks right there. We've got the Guardians block, the Batman block, and the Spider-Man block. Yeah, I mean, um, I like this. I mean, Spider-Man Two is one of my favorite comic book movies, but I don't know. <laughs> Brian, you have to go somewhere. <laughs> Where do you want to put it? Uh, I say we put it below Far From Home. Put it right there at number 20, right below The Deadpool movies are fun, but I like this more. Yeah, Yeah, I like the Deadpool movies a lot. That's rough. I like those a lot, too, but I also, I don't know. (sighs) This is more fun than the Batman to me, but the Batman's more of a film. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I I like what Brian said um, at number 20. below far from home because that was this that is was one solid. of the lowest ranked mcu movies as far as fans are considered too and i love that we're not putting it at the bottom only eternals and Damn. uh and quantum mania have the lower rotten tomato score yeah where is okay, Eternals? Well, wait just oh <laughs> eternals we've got down here 33 oh 33 oh okay that so makes sense yeah. um 20 is good for me. I like 20. All right, let's do it. We are putting uh, Thor Love and Thunder at number 20. uh, In between Spider-Man Far From Home and Deadpool 2. So (laughs) that's that. That is it for Thor then, which means it is time to look forward to next week. And next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. We will be watching and discussing Black Adam. (laughs) Yes, indeed. The final screen appearance of Henry Cavill as Superman. The the fanboys are suing Warner Brothers. (laughs) They have been for... Wait, they're literally suing Warner Brothers? Yes, there's a collective, like, what do they call those civil action suits or whatever? A class um, action? Class action because of the Henry Cavill cameo in Black Adam and knowing that he's not coming back. So they're trying to use some <laughs> okay, sort of false, guys. a false advertising clause. We'll see if the judge wow. hears it. <laughs> I thought they were upset because the power dynamic shifted in the DC universe. <laughs> oh, they're trying that was to how, like, what's his trying face? To James sell Gunn movie. in some sort of technical loophole to make Henry Cavill <laughs> stay super. <laughs> like, guys, that's not. That's not how Hollywood works at all. Yeah, it's like, even if you win the case, (laughs) I'm not casting. Oh, my God. We'll put in a picture of him. How about that? I mean, if that's the case, then we've got, then there's a lot of movies from a lot of years that promised sequels that did not. Your Honor, I called Brandon Routh instead. (laughs) Can we... Can we just put in a picture of Henry Cavill as The Witcher, but it's signed Superman? But it's like super best wishes, Superman. <laughs> Stay off drugs. There's Superman. a. I've a picture. There's a, a picture of um. Of a uh, of Spock signed by Mark Hamill out there that I've seen on the internet. That's amazing. I, lo- I love that. <laughs> it's a, it says "Live long and prosper, Luke Skywalker." <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyways, ah, uh, so that is next week on Harmless Phosphorescence. Until then, this is your host, Thoreau Smiley. And, oh, look, you see, it's happening. I'm, I'm disappearing. 
<laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and I'll meet you at the International House of Pan Flaps. <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and I'll eat pan flaps that Thor makes any day. <laughs> Catchphrase. I'm Alaric Weber. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're all invited to the orgy. Bye. <laughs> Will there be you. pan flaps? You, the orgy? You know I are. hope so. If there's not pan flaps, it's not the kind of orgy I want. <laughs> yeah, you got a carbo load if you're in it to win it. Uh, bye, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs>